From the UK, everyone, what you're about to hear is part one of a very lengthy, girthy chat with Creme Fatale and Mr. Creme. This fabulous duo came over my place a couple weeks ago. We had uh, just the most delightful time. You can see some clips of it over on my Instagram page, which of course is at Craig and Friends Pod, but you know that already because you're already following. But if this is your first time listening and you are not familiar with the magic over on Instagram, go ahead over there and follow that. And then on Twitter, of course, it is Craig and Friends. And while you're clicking around on them apps, why don't you go ahead and leave a glowing review of this show on iTunes because it helps visibility and also it helps everyone else to know what a sophisticated listener you are. I mean, I know and you know, we should let them all know. Now with that taken care of, let's get into part one of my chat with Creme Fatale and Mr. Creme, who I'm about to introduce one more time. Welcome to Creme Fatale and Davey Fatale, right? This is your (laughs) official name. You had to change your name legally. Officially, Mr. Mr. Creme. Yeah. Oh, bring your mic up a little. Oh, yeah. Officially, Mr. Krim. Oh, okay. I Mr. was knighted Mr. Krim. Yeah. yeah, that's what the fans have decided. Okay, yeah. Mr. Krim. I see <laughs> what you're up to, Mr. Krim. So forgive me for not knowing. Yeah. No, uh, no, no, yeah. No. Well, I people's names I, are very important. That's, uh, <laughs> Everyone yeah. else knew before I knew. It was yeah. like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some people would say that about me and being queer. So, you know, there you go. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I haven't checked with mom yet, but I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I like to do an intro for people, but now I got a... a a twisty turny thing so i'll do the intro at the end which is something i like mm-hmm. to do for special guests nice. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you for coming and thank you for doing the full regalia Krem. of course mm-hmm. i was saying earlier um i feel more like down to talk about drag and like excited when i like feel gorgeous and i'm in it yeah and when i'm like out of drag i'm like so like almost cynical like about the entire industry <laughs> <laughs> like jaded so like, blase exactly then when i'm in it i'm like i'm so gorgeous who would ever like want to stop doing this this is incredible <laughs> this is the life this is my life exactly and i'm keeping it you can't take it from me mm-hmm. yeah and when did you start what uh, roughly what year um i want to say it's like been nine years mm-hmm. this year or 10 years somewhere around that yeah like almost a decade like nearly a decade and i know you were watching drag race right before you started doing it yeah and you with your sister yeah with my sister mm-hmm. on a laptop <laughs> yeah pretty mm-hmm. much and it was the high point of your day right you were working in some situation that was not terrific do i have that right yeah you have that right it was like post-college didn't know what i want to do i went to film school but I'm not like, I don't come for money. So like, I couldn't like just come to LA and have my parents pay for an apartment and like work internships, which is like what everybody in the industry does. And they don't tell you is that you actually need that. Um, yes, so I was like, exactly. You know. <laughs> internships are like, yeah, like secret code for, I have a huge trust fund. Exactly. Like my parents pay for my apartment and my car. And all I do is like work in internships for years until I get my big break, AKA somebody bought me and do something. Yeah. Um, oh, and I go to creation all the time or whatever, <laughs> like, you know, the juiceries. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I was like living at home with my parents in the Bay area, like outside of San Francisco mm-hmm. um, and working at um, a coffee chain, which you, everybody knows. And Scar I was Trucks like, is the sound. Is that the, the name? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely am not drinking it right now. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> definitely not. No, it's locally sourced and uh, crafted. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right I, I would never go. 
<laughs> Very anti-corporation. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it was just like really miserable. That's like literally putting it the nicest way possible because I was like literally like when I was in high school, I was like very weird. I didn't really have friends that like, you know, got what it is that I was like about. Sure. And I didn't even know what it was about yet. So I was like, I don't know why I'm weird. We're having this. This is a theme that's running through, right? <laughs> yeah, we mentioned exactly. before. And when you say weird, uh, how would you classify your general appearance and interests in terms of, say, music and film when you were in high school? Oh my god, I was a goth. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and scratch a glam, get a goth. That's usually <laughs> no, literally. I feel like everybody that's like that does really glamorous like drag is like secretly like goth or was goth at one point and i'm like yeah same same here <laughs> oh you but have like, every Susie album and it's like a lot of pink and you're like oh i get it i get it no yeah. i literally you know those like binders with like the clear fronts that you can put pictures in yeah i had like literally a picture of Susie. <laughs> i had a picture of bahas i had oh, nice. a picture of david bowie at one point Who's like the great uniter of all? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like literally all the goth icons like on my binder. But I like grew up in a very urban town, uh -huh. so like nobody like knew who I was talking about or like what the references that I was making. Sure. So there, it was like very much just like you know, why are you dressed like it's Halloween? Like literally the song, like literally the ministry song. Yes, was my yeah. <laughs> that was like my life. Like every day was Halloween. Mm -hmm. Um. And then and also there's slightly older artists, just old enough that like they're yeah. out of the, you know, they won't see them on the news. They won't see them. They're older and yeah. they're also like in a totally different like subculture than like, I guess, what like their parents would listen to. Sure. Like, you say yeah. 80s, they're like, yeah, Michael Jackson. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I'm You're like, like, no, oh, never no. mind. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you ever heard of the Cocteau Twins? Um, <laughs> 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 yeah. So um, I had like one friend that she was like really cool she was like really into like um j-rock and like j-pop sort of stuff no, so, sure. so she was like all about it and she was like the valedictorian and i just kind of like uh latched onto her <laughs> um it was just like her weird goth friend yeah who like she was valedictorian and i was like not great in school <laughs> um, except for like english and art stuff mm -hmm. um and yeah so i they were all in college. I had graduated because I didn't want to continue going to film school. The one that I was going to is like the first two years you take all of your film courses and the next two years in order to get your BA, two or three years because people never graduated on time there, mm -hmm. art school. Yeah. Um, Classic. You, they, they don't even, why do they have the ceremonies? It's yeah. Like, you just <laughs> well, my ceremony was really embarrassing. I'll talk about that Ooh, like, yeah. in a second. But um, We won't forget that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it was like all of your film classes or whatever is your major, you take that in the first two years. And then in order to graduate and get like a BA or whatever, you have to take like two years of electives. And I was like, I'm not going to pay. First off, I went to a private university. So it was yeah. like, you know, they charge you out the ass. Oh, outrageous. Like, it's yeah. so expensive. Private like, sorrow is actually what you get. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> literally just for the two years that I went, it, it was like as much as four years at like a UC school. Oh, wow. Yeah. So... Yeah. My parents ended up paying the same and me and still having the student loans and stuff. But like... Nice uh, to have a memento. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, I'm not going to do two years of like astronomy and like just That's... the most random classes and like, you know, mathematics. Like, yeah. I'm not going to pay for that. So I like right. left with an AA. And part of the embarrassing thing about like graduating is that they made us wear different color capes and like 
hats. Really? Like everybody got a black one. Yeah. Like the robes and the little hats. And we had to wear white ones if we were only doing the AA. And I was like, I'm paying like over a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> to go to school here for two years. Yeah. And I can't wear a goddamn like black cape so i look like everybody else and it plus was being a goth so you're like this is totally uh, <laughs> yeah, i guess exactly. my religion here yeah <laughs> it was like so embarrassing i was like what the hell and they didn't like tell us until like right before like we were walking on stage and like we had to gather like their stuff that day and i was like what that's outrageous yeah it was yeah so back to the original question we yeah. did like an entire like, well that's theater. okay though <laughs> so yeah you went to film school and who were some of the filmmakers or films I wouldn't say who are the films. That would be a very odd question. <laughs> yeah. But what would be some of the films and who were some of the filmmakers that tripped your interest into filmmaking? Well, I, that? I actually really wanted to write cartoons like animation, which I mean, I just huh. became it <laughs> in the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. really cut out the middleman here. Um, yeah, I really wanted to write for animation, but I didn't want to study animation because I knew even then I didn't have the focus for it. Sure. I did not. I, I knew that. And I like to do like art and stuff. And when I initially like enrolled in the school, they were like, are you sure you don't want to enroll in the fine arts program? Because I was a painter also all throughout high school. And I was like, no, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I really don't want to do this. Like the thing that I hated the most was painting for money <laughs> or commissions. But did you like the process of painting for fun? It was like really relaxing and calming. And now like I literally do the same thing, but like on my face and like the same process. It just like feels like very chill yeah. and like you zone out and you have like, you know, would you you're say like meditative? Me yeah, Sorry, I would say so. Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, that was, what was the, where was I going oh, with this? Oh, one? that's okay. Wherever we land is where we, you know, yeah. it's, uh, it's uh, good. Well, we're, I was asking about the filmmakers and everything. It's sort oh, of yeah. what led you to go to film school. So you definitely answered that. Yeah. Because really, yeah, it makes a lot of sense too. Because even if you were doing live action film, it's mm -hmm. essentially, you know, painting because it's a frame. You know, you're creating yeah. a thing, but you don't have to do that intensely laborious yeah. drawing. Exactly. Over and over and over and over and over. Yeah. yeah. I really loved like, um, and I still do, like a lot of movies that are intended for children because yeah. I feel like especially tv shows there's so much more nuanced in the way that they come across whereas like a lot of you know shows made for adults they're really hitting you over the head with it and it's just like <laughs> oh my geez <laughs> do they like it's so you know mm -hmm. what i mean but when you like see something for kids they're like trying to approach it in a way that's like not outright saying it because they can't say it to kids because kids wouldn't understand right so that like really inspired me to like try to do something similar i really love like all, um, this was like back in the day when Cartoon Network had like Adventure Time and mm -hmm. regular show. And those were like first starting to come out. Sure. Because I think Adventure Time kind of jumped the ship or shark jumped the shark. Like <laughs> they both they did both ship yeah. and shark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like both shows did as they continued to like go on in the seasons. It almost seemed like um, the writing was more like fan fiction than mm -hmm. actual writing um but in the beginning it was like so like cool and interesting and like you know revolutionary and like you know a lot of like films that i really loved like were for kids or for family mm -hmm. what so are some I, of the movies that kids movies that you could think of that well like not even just like animated films but yeah. movies like now and then i would say mm -hmm. were like you know for kids <laughs> like sure. i was like a really weird kid and i like love that movie it's kind of like i feel like the female version of stand by me oh, okay yeah you that know makes what I mean? yeah absolutely um yeah. 
I mean, they're not really like seeing a dead body, but it is about a dead person. So. <laughs> there is a dead person yeah, somewhere, dead which person. also appeals to the inner god. Yeah, exactly. Which works. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kids stuff that is well-made, which is basically all kids stuff now, right? Yeah. It's incredible the change in stuff from mm-hmm. like, say, 30, 40 years ago. You look back at, say, a live-action Disney movie from mm-hmm. whatever and you're like this is real bad this is like exceptionally bad like yeah. the herbie movies are like the best of that stuff mm-hmm. and, but then <laughs> you get stuff like that darn cat you know the oh cat- my gosh we tried watching what was the one about the dog lawyer oh, oh yeah, that shaggy, <laughs> shaggy da the shaggy yeah. da <laughs> you know what's yeah. amazing that came up on my very last tape my most recent tape uh, oh really yeah which that i guess means i have to see like, it now? i don't know he like punches out it was like clearly a man in a dog suit, like <laughs> punching out that other guy. Do you remember that? Incredible, yeah, yeah. That was amazing. Yeah, we were trying to find a good live action kids kind of movie on Disney Plus, and there's like they have such a huge catalog. Oh yeah, it's so hard to like find a gem in the rough or whatever they call it. <laughs> it really yeah. is. Yeah. A lot of like the newer stuff is like great though. Yeah, like I watch like The Princess and the Frog, and I'm like, mm. I'm Tiana. That's me, and I'm like in tears at the end of the movie. I'm like, she gets it. Well, that reminds me um, also of The Princess Bride, which is ostensibly a kid's movie. But you yeah. any age can watch it and really get into it. And it's also nice because it is cross-general, uh, mm. cross-generational. Yeah. You know, and so different ages can watch it together and relate to each other about it. Yeah, yeah. That's like the kind of like stuff that I was like really passionate about writing that was like really discouraged for some reason. Really? When I was in film school. Yeah. What was encouraged? What were they sort of pushing towards? Oh, my God. Pretentious shit. <laughs> Wait, I'm you know- shocked. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it is uh, if you go to film school on like everybody's like quentin tarantino's the king and you're like <laughs> shut the fuck up <laughs> like watch a decent movie for once oh this is interesting now sidebar uh do you what's your opinion on quentin tarantino i think i've divined it from your answer but uh <laughs> because sometimes uh when, the worst is when there's a group of people who like love something or think they understand it and they hammer you over the head with it to the point yeah. where you're like I'm not. I don't even want to watch it. I don't want to see it. Don't mention it to me. Yeah. So, what do you think about his films? I'm not gonna say what I think about him as a person. I'll say it. He's sure. fucking garbage. But, <laughs> like his films. Yeah, they're fine. They're like interesting. But I'm not like busting a nut over it. You know what I mean? Like well, I'm, I'm just not curious because like, sometimes uh, when people have are assaulted with being like, "You, sh- this is the best. This is the best. This is the best." I know mm-hmm. I've done it. I can be like, "I'm not interested," and I actually I don't like it. There, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm not like easily swayed by people's opinions on things. I'm like, let me find out for myself. Yeah, and I can get swayed, but just to the point where I'm like, it's <laughs> never going to be turned on in my house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I find it odd, too, where there's like always a hero, like one singular hero uh-huh. of uh, an artistic group. And that's in air quotes, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then you start to question the uh, aims of that. But it's like all about this one person, usually a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're never like Jane Campion. You know, we were all obsessed with Jane Campion. Yeah. Uh, it's never like he's a great director, and this person's also a great director, and this and the, you know, there's hundreds of them. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, it must been exhausting. Sure. You know what that reminds me of? Have you seen that um, that uh, tweet where it's uh, it's something to the effect of like. Um, like reviewer who has only seen the movie Boss Baby, and then he's saying this is giving me really strong Boss Baby vibes, and it, it's almost like that. It's very much like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, they'll find any way to like really anything to Quentin Tarantino, and you're like, the world doesn't revolve around him the way that you think it does. Just say you have emotional problems and go to therapy. Like it's fine. Yeah. No, and it's funny too because I'm a fan of his work, and uh, yet I think it's hilarious when people are not because you hear also my favorite theater is his theater, right, New Beverly, and uh, yeah. but I love it because it's, you know. 
I love hearing other people being like, I, I'm not into that guy. It just makes me <laughs> chuckle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, you were being bombarded with uh, make this kind of stuff bloody violent, serious in quotes. Yeah. And Smoking. like documentaries, like things that mm-hmm. they consider to be like actual art. <laughs> but I had like two professors in particular that were like the coolest. Yeah. Um, one of them in particular, um, he was like super cool. He used to write for Happy Days, which is one of my favorite shows. Oh my God. <laughs> That's amazing. That was like one of my favorite shows. Like, I love Happy Days. Mary Tyler Moore show is probably my favorite TV show of all time. It's got the greatest intro. Oh, it's mm. got an amazing right? intro. And just yeah. like, it's, we watched it recently uh in the past like year yeah yeah and it just like holds up so well it really does it like everything's still valid and funny and she's just like the best i'm just like in love with her i wish i was mary tyler Moore. and the supporting cast is so great everybody Mm -hmm. is funny yeah like everybody is funny you almost uh, like are stunned when you rewatch it again you're like oh yeah and like eight episodes in you're like god ted knight's amazing yeah. Uh, you know, or everyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He is so good. And then, like, <laughs> seeing Betty White in that role, yes. mm. the horny homemaker, <laughs> yeah. it's just like, I guess people, like, uh, they really turn her into such a saint and, like, oh, she's just a cute old lady. But it's like, watch her stuff when she was younger because she was funny, horny, yeah. inappropriate, just like so, and was so good at it. Yeah. She was really, like, incredible in that show. That's another sign, like, too, of, like, this sort of, uh, I'm trying to think of what the word is, but the uh, desexualization of women as they age, because that's a prime example. She was Mm -hmm. on the air for years and years and years. It's a very specified role that a lot of people have trouble getting out of, right? Because they get typecast. Mm -hmm. But no, it's immediately like over a certain age. And then the Golden Girls, she played kind of a dummy. Yeah. Oh, cute old lady. I like, though, that every time she would do a roast, she would be the filthiest. Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) It's always like the really sweet ones. Oh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Sweet and uh, completely perverted. Yeah, exactly. That's what we like. That's what we endorse. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the you, teacher wrote for Happy Days. Yes, he was right. like the nicest. Oh, he also wrote for um, Taxi and like won Emmys for that. Amazing. What's yeah. the teacher's name? Oh, God. I can't. Oh, I didn't remember. know if you just wanted to shout him out or no, anything. No, <laughs> I wish I could. I, I don't know where he, I think he lived, he lived here, mm-hmm. but the school's in San Francisco. So he would fly on his days off because he was still working oh, um, okay. in the industry. And then he would do like, I think the only, um, semester he did was the one that I took with him and then afterwards he's like oh it's not worth it but he like at the end of the like class he like was really encouraging of my work because I loved sitcoms and multi-camera and stuff like that yeah. and people were like very much against that in film school because again it's like the very much like make Quentin Tarantino films and you're, like <laughs> you like sitcoms and I'm like that's where the money's at baby and by the way um, Quentin Tarantino likes sitcoms I'm sure you know he what does. I mean? like, Who like, doesn't? You know, I know that's the thing. It's these overly yeah. serious folks that have this very strict idea of what's supposed to be. And it's like, everything is cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and literally, you know, and like the something that doesn't appeal to you, that's fine. But everything's a valid art form. Mm-hmm. But anyway, like literally, you're going to tell me, you're going to sit there and tell me you don't like the Dick Van Dyke show. Like how? How? It's, how? Yeah. <laughs> like you're insane. Um, yeah. He was like really, really cool. And he like really encouraged me. He loved my writing. He like understood what I was doing and like where I was coming from. Um, and we stayed in touch for a long time um, after he had stopped teaching there. He was like, I know these other teachers, like, because I would tell him, like, you know, I wanted to write. We were doing, like, a horror movie assignment in another class. And I was like, well, I want to write a horror movie for kids. And they're mm-hmm. like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, how are you going to write a horror movie for kids? Don't do that. They, my professor literally outright told me, like, don't do that. Like, you will get a failing grade. Really? And I was like, 
you've got to be fucking kidding me. Like, first off, Goosebumps was a series for a really long time that was actually yeah. scary, and that was for kids. Yeah. Like, before they revived it recently. And this was, like, literally, like, the next year after I had that class and, like, had to write the bullshit that I had to write to pass the class. Mm-hmm. That's when, like, um, was it Monster House came out? Mm-hmm. And then what was the other one that was, like, kind of like it? Uh, it was, like, Paranorman. Paranorman literally came out the next year. And I was, like, these are both horror-themed movies for kids that are, like, doing, like, numbers Phenomenal. in the box. Yeah, office. exactly. Like, yeah. I just, like, have a vision and you don't. And that's why you're a teacher here and not in the industry right now. Yeah. It was, like, well, It's funny. Learned. We're seeing this thread emerging of... You know, you just kind of wanting to do what you want to do. And then it's like I- intense uh, opposition. Which yeah, I'm sure which would come into play later. later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much been my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it means you're doing something right then. I guess, I hope. <laughs> it's frustrating though. So that's no help to hear that. So yeah. I just gave you that comment, which is not helpful. <laughs> yeah, I often get like the, have you seen that meme? Um, from Arthur DW, where she's like so. standing in front of the door, and there's like a sign. She's like, "That sign won't stop me. I can't read." <laughs> and I, that's how I feel about everything in yeah. life that people tell me not to do. I'm like, I can't read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't hear that. People do have a weird sense of uh, high art, low art, all that stuff, which I think mm-hmm. is dissolved a little more these days. Yeah, a little. Mm-hmm. But then I, I'm not sure if it's also that I've weaned those people out of my life. That have that kind of strange uh, distinction between. I don't think so. I feel like, especially like the newer generation and like Gen Z, like they Gen don't Z. like care about anything. No, they're just like, do I like this? Yeah, and do I like this? It. I don't mm-hmm. care if anybody else doesn't like it, like or does like it. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're just like kind of doing their own thing, and I think that helps and influences like other generations more to like take it less seriously. And I, I really admire them. I so admire them. And I also love how they got millennials so in a twist because millennials <laughs> were so like living off of just this idea of goofing on boomers. Yeah. And I was like, is that all you got? That Really? That's yeah. it? Mm-hmm. And calling yourself millennials because I don't think any other generation previous was like, we're proudly the greatest generation. It was like a news anchor would say it, a marketing person would say mm-hmm. it. But there was people I remember being in an office with who were like my millennial brethren. And they said it with a straight face. Ooh, and I, and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, my like, God. That's so embarrassing for it's, you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Also, yeah. when you identify yourself basically as your age bracket, well, guess what? Like you get older. You're yeah. no longer the new chic kid on the block. Yeah. yeah. And as we see with the Gen Z goofing on the bo- uh, the millennials, th- that some of the clothing, you're like, yeah, questionable. Yeah. But yeah, but Gen Z are wonderful for breaking down a lot of things the yeah. millennial who said that were they like a vintage millennial which which is a term i heard recently oh my god a vintage millennial. that'd be you that'd be me yeah, yeah you'd, you're a vintage millennial yeah. yeah yeah i forget what the other end of the spectrum is called but we're eight years apart yeah. so he would mm-hmm. be a vintage millennial and i would be i guess the later the later class <laughs> a fresh baby millennial <laughs> fresh baby millennial <laughs> eight years apart that's interesting uh ada and i are seven years apart mm. and and my brother and i are eight years apart so, the, so there's a, some nice story there that i can't quite figure out but i want to know <laughs> where you two met oh uh, we actually met here in la you mean but in my I was, apartment that's... yeah here in your apartment <laughs> um i found the key under your mat <laughs> i was uh, gone for a while yeah that's right yeah. <laughs> i'm like hold on 
I had like some sparkling uh, drink as I was like getting ready, and now it's like coming back. To oh. me. I was <laughs> um, By the way, is it too cold in here now? Because I can. No, this is great. No, it's nice. Fantastic. We yeah. we don't have AC in our apartment, mm-hmm. so this feels. Uh, we're easily impressed by temperature. That is <laughs> yeah. not yeah. like very easily impressed. Yeah. I, know, I know what you mean. The first place I had, which was in North Hollywood, I didn't have AC, which I didn't. It nothing. I didn't check anything when I moved. I was just so happy to have an apartment in LA and not Massachusetts. I didn't ask where the heater was because I just thought, I guess I thought like, yeah, you don't need one here and all that. But then when it got really hot, I was like, oh my God, right. AC is really important. So anytime I would go anywhere, you just soak it in. You're like, put it it on a meat locker, please. So I feel like people, this is an important message for like people that are not from LA. (laughs) Yes. They would be shocked by how many apartments do not have AC. Mm-hmm. I know. Most mm-hmm. don't. Yeah. Most, I would say like 80% of apartments don't. They'll have like a window unit that doesn't do anything. And mm-hmm. I think people like think like, oh, it's hot. Of course they would have AC everywhere. It's like, no. Yeah, it's not like Texas where from what I hear everything is like <laughs> yeah. iced down mm. all the time. Yeah. And then I've been to like Arizona, um, mm-hmm. Phoenix, and like, yeah, it's like really hot outside, but like everywhere you step into is like, zero degrees it's like freezing <laughs> yeah and it's kind of nice yeah and like here i'm not like a heat person i turned into like a huge diva in the heat which <laughs> it, what is what i was doing earlier i was like <laughs> i become like so dramatic and just say like the most outlandish shit i just like earlier i think i was like I hate when it's hot. I hate sweating. I hate the heat. <laughs> I wish I was dead. I would rather be dead. Every time it's hot, I would just rather be buried underground or something. <laughs> and that, that's like the shit that comes out of my mouth when I'm like slightly too warm. <laughs> yeah, very, very firm uh, declarative yeah. statements about not wanting to exist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. I get into that too, where it's like, you know, I don't like this sort of thing and I don't even know why I'm going. Like, it's very yeah. much like that whole, and, yeah. and the dancing hand is very much a part of it. <laughs> you know, the hand is like you're, you're emphasizing oh, yeah. and mm. pointing things out. Mine yeah. is mm. uh, marked by like random screaming or yelling. <laughs> I'll just stop something and go, ah! It's kind of scary, actually, when you're doing that and I'm in the living room and I just hear these noises from the bedroom and I get like, I've heard it a million times, but every time I'm slightly concerned. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. It means you're really getting something out. Yeah. 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 I'm glad I let it out before it consumes me, you know? Now, Mr. Krem, Mm -hmm. uh, what is your style of uh, stress handle? Um, Or expression, That's a good question. I tend to, to bottle and to let it eat me away, and then I'll just um, scream at neighbors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. so, so it's sort of triggered by minor things that are that are like, yes, annoying, but you're like, whoa, that was, my reaction was way outside. You know, not necessarily. Like, I would say that I let a lot wash over me because I'm mm-hmm. very uh, non-confrontational. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like to, um, yeah, I don't, I don't like conflict necessarily. And so it's almost like I have, a very high threshold for what people can get away with. Sure. But then if they do something that's just exceptionally shitty, then I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to like drop the filter. And like, <laughs> yeah. And it was funny because yeah. we um, were getting dinner with a friend recently. And I was telling him that we had this issue with our neighbor who's just like, they're they're the worst. They just treat our <laughs> um, apartment complex, which is only like eight units, as like their own like film studio. Oh. And then we just like, you know. It we work from thing. home. And yeah. so that's not fun. No, and also you want to like ostensibly, ideally support people making things. Yeah, but then when they're completely inconsiderate, yeah, yeah. it's and very it's like, difficult. Yeah, 
to me, I get the vibes of like, yeah, we moved here from Ohio to like try to make it in the industry. But he's like in his 30s trying to be like Quentin Tarantino. Like, no, like (laughs) worse, like Logan Paul or like a David Dobrik. And I'm like, you're literally too old. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's a shithead. I hate him and I hate his girlfriend and their stupid dog. (laughs) 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 See, I'm the opposite. I don't let things wash over me. I'm very confrontational. And it's it's very much an astrology thing because he has a Taurus rising. So, you know, they're like pretty they can be hard headed, but they're like laid back. And he's like Aquarius. So he's just like, you know, just chilling, vibing. And I'm like an Aries rising with a Scorpio uh-huh. sun. So I'm yeah. just like, every little thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it reached a point where it was like we were just letting it go. It was happening, like, you know, screaming and conversations. It happened maybe like four times. We had let them film mm-hmm. and like not said anything. By the way, they're like two buildings yeah. that share an alley. They oh. look similar, but they're like opposites, but we're owned by two different management companies. So this oh, okay. is important. So they're not yeah. shooting in their apartment. Yeah. They're coming over to our apartment across like the alleyway yeah. and right. shooting in front of our Right windows. under our windows. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right under yeah. the window. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. yeah. And it just got to a point. It was like the fourth or fifth time and we were working from home and I just lost and I opened the window and, you know, the expletives flew <laughs> and, and you know, <laughs> this... This yeah, he, bitch. <laughs> he really said, "Come fight me." And I'm like, <laughs> "No." He said, "He said, come down here and make me." Oh yeah. And I was like, "Dude, I'm like, I don't know how old you are. You look like you're like 32. I'm 37. I'm not going to jail to like, you know, teach you a lesson." Like, also, like he thinks uh, he could kick your ass, but you literally have a black belt. He yeah. probably has never been in a fight. Uh, no, because you don't say stuff like that if yeah. you've been in a yeah. fight. As yeah. In LA, yeah. you don't mouth off to people like yeah. that. Yeah, it's just a yeah. This this sounds like a, a very obnoxious person. Yeah, yeah. You, we yeah. the amazing thing too. Okay, so yeah, that happened, and yeah. then like we just like you know his um, entire crew, his cameraman, and like the other actress I was with him, they were just like embarrassed and like backing away, like covering their faces, and they're like, yeah, let's let's go, man, like whatever. <laughs> so they stopped like filming or whatever. They went back to their apartment, and then later on, I hear like the actress as they're like leaving like his apartment, and she just like yells out outside she's like yeah let us know if you want to if you want us to like egg or tp your uh a neighbor's house oh or whatever God. and i was like you uh, i took everything in me everything in me i yeah. swear everything in me not to run out of the apartment follow her to her car and slam her face in her fucking windshield <laughs> i was like this close yeah i don't i don't blame you that yeah kind of thing i is, was like yeah. You got to be fucking kidding me. First off, like, if you want to film in front of your neighbor's place, the audacity to do that. But, like, also, like, don't even ask. Like, I would knock on doors and be like, hey, are you, uh, would it be okay if I, like, film for a few more minutes? Like, blah, blah, blah. We're Mm -hmm. both working from home. At this point in the pandemic, everybody in our building was working from home. Sure. So, I know we're, like, we were all in meetings constantly. So, Mm -hmm. it's, like, I'm, like, getting ready to, like, present this like presentation that i've been working on for two months yeah at that job that i was working at at the time i'm like i've been working on this presentation for two months and he's screaming outside the mm. window and this meeting starts in 30 minutes like i'm not gonna let him like fucking screw my window and like yeah, yeah ruin yeah. my like all the work that i have done like and i know the person downstairs she was working from home and he was literally right in front of her window like right in front of her window um it's only like a two-story building so yeah and it's old so like you know not a lot of sound insulation oh i, I yeah. know exactly what you mean. Yeah. yeah it's a beautiful little 50s apartment <laughs> but it does not have ac and it's not very like 
well insulated for noise. No. I, I don't know what people but, were thinking in terms of construction back then for yeah. sound yeah. because the wall that separates me and my neighbor's place, it's like tissue paper. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. And, um, the, the, and really the windows, there's nothing going on in terms of insulation. No. Mm-hmm. No. It's pretty good otherwise in terms of sound. But if you uh, are doing like don't have sex in here if you don't want the people in the hallway here. That's basically, <laughs> which I don't, I mean, I don't mind. But I'm like, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. there's something to be like, hey, what's going on? In there? It definitely wasn't a consideration when they built uh, in the 50s and 60s. Yeah, yeah not at all. Not. No, yeah. no. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We're going to take a break from the show to tell you about something really important that you should get into right now, and that is the GoFundMe of our friend Rubber Child. Hi, Divas. Why don't you tell the fine listening audience about your GoFundMe and why they should go there now? So I have a little GoFundMe to just help with um, financing my medical transition So if anyone can help at all, I appreciate it. And I appreciate you. And just the amount of love I've gotten already is stunning. And I feel, I feel so loved. So thank you, everyone. That's wonderful. So show your love over and over again. Splash it out. Share it. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Share it, spray it, everything. Spread it. And go to Rubber Child's Instagram page. And actually, matter of fact, you're listening to this right now. So there is a link in the bio of this episode or the episode description, whatever you want to call it. It's there. So click on it now. Donate. And if you can't donate, make sure you share it around so other folks who can, who might not know about it, can do so. Oh, yeah. So that was a rare moment of rage for me, I would say. And it was funny because we were getting dinner with a friend and we were telling him this story and he was looking at me and I've known him since grad school for like 10 years. (laughs) And he's like, you, Davey? Like, you're the nicest guy. I, I can't imagine that. And you were like, oh, no, you, you didn't see it. Like, yeah. But like, yeah, I complain a lot, but I don't get like angry at people to their face. I don't like. Yeah, because yeah. you're like an old Jewish man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it comes with Literally. being Jewish. It comes with like. <laughs> complaining and IBS. And, yeah. 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 So yeah. it's like a lot of like, yeah, yeah. complaining. Mm-hmm. I think it's like a tourist thing too. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But you, um, otherwise, do, very laid back. Do you ever th- feel sometimes that you don't explode enough or like rather get out enough of the irritation on uh, certain people? Particularly yeah. There's, yeah. There's definitely like a fine line, I would say, in like expressing yourself. Cause I feel like if you stifle communication like that too much, it does turn into resentment. And then you end up expressing it in immature ways sometimes or unhealthier ways. So I feel like it's confrontation like is one of those things where i think it's you know it's good um in moderation i guess but it's tough hard to find for a lot of line. people yeah, yeah. and yeah. i think sometimes also we get terrified of over uh, exploding on people mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so we can get like a, a a distorted view of what that is yeah so, we, so sometimes it's like a small thing but then we're like well i can't and so you freeze yeah and then that makes you resentful it's it's a it's a yeah. blast all that stuff <laughs> yeah yeah and i feel like we're only starting as a culture to talk about like mental health and communication styles sure and so a lot of how we're kind of conditioned i feel like is well it's also you know i feel like it's very gendered like men are usually encouraged to just like vent and and scream or whatever Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, I yeah. can't do that. I can't. I can't like hold it in. 
No. Not for a second. Yeah. 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 Well, that's good, though. Now, do you find and the reverse of that? Did you have any moments where you're like, oh, I wish I was a little more uh, reserved in that regard? No. <laughs> no, no, that's good. I, I personally, happens. I personally think that sort of barfing out the feelings is the best thing. And yeah. I have that thing too, though sometimes where I get frozen about it. But then mm-hmm. I can, I, I now know what the word dissociate means because it's yeah. the frozen thing is that. Yeah. And uh, what's been good has been clocking that when mm-hmm. I do that in my relationship because of past bad things, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, it's weird. You know, logically that this person's not that person, or they're not doing this or whatever. Mm-hmm. But sometimes your system's just like, hey, whoa, I don't know about this. And then you go, well, I shouldn't say the thing. So I, when that happens, I try to do the reverse. And then you, it, when you um, take the terror away from that, yeah. and it's a steady process or a slow mm-hmm. process, but it gets you back easier. Because, you know, in every other way, um, much, well, I'm very loud, I'm very expressive, <laughs> yeah. but uh, so, certain things, you know, you can get a funny thing about. But yeah, but keep taking that on that fucking neighbor. I don't like that neighbor. Yeah. Oh, I actually, there's a juicy bit because um, he's mm. like supposedly a comedian and we oh, were trying to no. find his like YouTube for the no. longest time so that I could like, I don't know, write some shitty things all over his comments. <laughs> maybe reaction but, videos. Yeah, but maybe. Then, <laughs> that would be way, so yeah. funny. Nah, that would give him too much press. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, but I was waiting forever because I didn't know his name. And obviously like we called like, his building's owner and like management, they didn't care. Um, but he was yelling, he as he does, yelling conversations outdoors for no reason. Oh, God. With yeah. a new downstairs neighbor that moved in, and it seems like they're becoming friends. So those neighbors downstairs are also shitheads now because <laughs> um, they're also loud and annoying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he was like talking to him and they're like, oh yeah, you should come to my show at the, I forgot what theater it was, oh, no. uh, tonight. And I was like, show's tonight at the <laughs> theater. And I looked it up, I found his name, I found his TikTok, I oh, found yes. his Instagram. And he's like the shittiest, like literally he writes like Taco Bell diarrhea jokes and like oh. makes his girlfriend like make TikToks with him about him like humping her. It's like that really bad. <laughs> like, Oh my God. If, if you can imagine if like Dane Cook was worse. Oh yeah, like <laughs> and he's already yeah. like like if Dane Cook had no technique yeah. or something. Exactly. Like if Dane Cook had like yeah. no technical skill. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of <laughs> high art no and charisma. low art. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Speaking of what? Yeah, speaking of high art and low art or high brown, low brow, the only thing that's worse than like any of those polarities is like I guess derivative. Yeah. Because if you were I love low brow stuff. Yeah, oh, me too. I'm fine with yeah. a good diarrhea yeah. joke if it's good. Oh, yeah, yeah, but if it's yeah. the same regurgitated. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Taco Bell or like Mexican food, beans make me poop. Like, yeah. it's oh, like, yeah. oh, it's going to be sore the next day. Or yeah. Oh, yeah. I, hate, I hate that yeah. stuff that's it's, just obvious uh, yeah. redoing of something because you're like, oh, someone will recognize this. Yeah. yeah. You know what it is? It's the human it's centipede it. of comedy. It's like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like, I'm sure this killed in like Arkansas or wherever the fuck you're from. <laughs> but <Yeah>. like, <laughs> this isn't really going to do any, you any favors. Yeah. I it's also like, hate that in comedy where anything is just so people will recognize something. So they go, fuck yeah. Uh-huh. Like uh-huh. that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like doing crowd work. If they just yeah. do crowd work the whole time. Because yeah. that's being literally what a lot of his videos on his Instagram work because he has some where he posted of like his live stats. And uh. it's literally just him trying to like work a crowd and like only one guy like you know having like the back and forth with him it was like pathetic (laughs) and it's just like you're so funny like we shared this with me after we're done taping i'm gonna find it i'll find it okay because i like posted about it i had posted about how i hate my neighbor on instagram and people were like um 
giving me solutions. Like, you know, you should report him to, um, what was it? The Oh, it's like the Beverly Hills, like, uh, film permit people. Yeah, like the film oh, permit people. And yeah. I was like, I could do that. And then I have some friends that, like, are in film and, like, actually work in the industry. And they're like, oh, you should, like, you know, call this and, um, like, the union and, like, tell them and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, I'm sure he's, like, not even in the union. Like, I got a union invitation and I was like, mm, I'm not going to, like... <laughs> being enough things to like get yeah. this insurance but like, <laughs> it, was, it was tempting but I, it was tempting but i, feel I didn't like... want to escalate it yeah and also you know what it worked like screaming worked and yeah. i i hate that it worked because it shouldn't because yelling at people in that way like you know it shouldn't get to that point but now sure. he just like yeah. every time we pass him he's just like a little boy like who's like been punished he's like yeah yeah exactly what you mean yeah yeah yeah. And it's pretty funny. Like, if someone's yeah. going to have to be uncomfortable, let it be him because he's the one who started it. Yeah. Yeah. His girlfriend, like, looks at you with, like, daggers, which is really funny because I'm like, if we got into a couple's fight, like, I could just sit on it. You're so petite. <laughs> yeah. Like, you'd be out immediately. Like, don't even try it. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. really. <laughs> yeah. But... Well, that's the dark side of the internet. The people who are like, oh, wait, this is a shortcut. All I got to do is kind of do this stuff and I'll be famous. Yeah. And, He's like really trying it. And the numbers are not good, I'm sure. I'm sure it's not working out. Like I just can tell. He has like 20K followers on Instagram. A little which depressing is like, in terms of the world situation. It, yeah, but, depressing you know. in terms of like what he's trying to do. And like how long it seems he's been doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's not working out for you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I think, and I was thinking, well, you even got 20K, but then they go, there's millions and millions of people, billions even yeah. on the planet. So <laughs> yeah. that helps to offset that. Yeah. 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 I'm like surprised you had that many, but. Yeah, no, that's yeah. true. I, it's just, you, you know, you hear that story and you think, oh, 500? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I but was it, like, I posted about like the fact that I found his Instagram because at that point, like everybody was invested in the story on Instagram and they were like, post it, post yeah, it. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. But I did send it to a few select people. <laughs> so it's private some friends comedy. Just so they could like, yeah. Enjoy the select. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. If his comedy was actually good, I wouldn't, it would almost like temper like how pissed i was i'd be like okay yeah. like you're asking for like forgiveness instead of permission or whatever yes. but it's like all right you, you did your thing you you thought this is like the la gorilla way to do it and you did it yeah but like the fact that it was so shitty i'm like you 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 subjected everybody to this for for this yeah right and it's it like yeah. i i have actual friends in the industry that are like successful comedians <laughs> and like friends of friends that like are actually yeah. like actors and like work on tv yeah. and like you know are you know very what? popular and i could be like i could just send them your profile <laughs> and like ruin your career but well, the you funny don't thing seem too, to be doing yeah. it that guy too seems like the kind of guy if you were like hey i know fill in the blank and yeah. i'm gonna send you the thing oh You're thank you oh my god them. thank you so much hey did they ever hear back it might be like if you really wanted to pull a nasty prank yeah, on yeah. and they'd be like yeah because you're telling the truth they you're do. not lying right. you will send it to them <laughs> yeah you're, not, but you're exactly. leaving out all the context which is fine exactly. but the, the best revenge i feel like is reality exactly. like, yeah you know what i mean it's just like letting him be who he is which That's, is like mm -hmm. you know I, I like to say about people sometimes well i know that the, their experience with them is terrible but listen mm -hmm. they have to be them for the rest of their lives yes yeah. yeah. exactly so, yeah yeah but you yeah. mentioned your friends in the business and you've done quite a few of the queen's looks yeah i did uh ben de la creme i helped her out wait who else have i done it's hard to think 
Do you know? <laughs> I don't. I just remember. My life that you is did. a blur. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ben de la Creme's a good one, and it's easy to remember the name because Creme is in the name. So I know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like Creme Part Two. When did you start but, painting other people's faces? Because I know that again, your makeup in general, right, started outside of like conventional eyeliner, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, around ten years ago. Yeah, I basically learned how to do makeup by starting to do drag. Like mm-hmm. I had. I had only known really how to do like my cat eyeliner, like basic foundation, um, but I didn't know like lashes and like doing all that stuff. Like, didn't come to me until I like started doing drag makeup, and then um, a few years into drag, it was probably maybe two years into drag. Um, I moved to San Francisco. And from then, I was, like, offered a job at Sephora, which was, like, by where I lived. Or mm-hmm. not Sephora, a big makeup company. I don't know if I'm supposed to say it. Should I bleep that? I can bleep <laughs> that if you want. Uh, you can. I feel like everybody knows because I... Oh, actually, I talked about it. Okay. Thanks. On Rock's video. Yeah. Oh, okay. Not Plus, they'd big... be happy to have you mention it, I'm sure. It's not like... I'm sure they would be happy. <laughs> well, I'm... why not? Yeah. You do great... T- tremendous work and you're known for your makeup mm-hmm. as well as your drag and everything but like yeah. you know people aren't like oh my god that makeup i wish he did makeup okay you're yeah. like a great makeup <laughs> artist you know what i mean so i don't think sephora would have a problem with it no yeah I, they help um they're headquartered in san francisco so okay. that's where i started working they actually had me come to like corporate and like shoot videos and content for them mm-hmm. uh, while i was there um because they really like liked my work but you know as retail i'm not like a customer service kind of person (laughs) so i like got away with a lot just by being good at makeup um but yeah i did makeup there for a few years and then i moved to la and like continued working there and then was like retail is not my thing i'm gonna find something in the beauty industry that's not in a store in a retail store like talking to customers i can't i can't do it yeah i had a lot of retail jobs myself and it's just you hit a point where you're like i cannot stand this yeah yeah it's just too much right yeah did you uh, also mr krem yeah i did uh some retail in high school uh right before college and i feel like the worst has to be christmas time when you when you're just subjected it's like waterboarding when you hear the same like same 12 really bad songs over and over i actually Uh, worked a full 24 hours one time during the holiday season because i had two jobs oh my god and it was like torture yeah how much count part i didn't mean to cut you off how many uh, how much coffee how much caffeine did you consume that i had a lot of caffeine i mean i used to drink i mean i worked at Big coffee chain. So oh, yeah, that's I, right. Star Trucks. Yeah, exactly. Scar, sorry, Scar Trucks. Forgive me. <laughs> um, so I would, yeah, I drank so much caffeine back in the day, like ungodly amounts. And it didn't really do much. <laughs> I mean, obviously, after a while, it like doesn't do much, except for like you're still tired and you're still a corpse, but like you're. Your part is beating rapidly. And you're really dehydrated. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but then, like, that was like before I found out. I like I have ADHD. Me too. And then yeah, so once like I got the diagnosis, I was like, so that's why like coffee didn't really do anything. It like helped a yeah. little bit, but there was never enough of it going in. Exactly, there was never enough of yeah. it to like make me concentrate. Cause... And it wasn't until the pandemic that I actually realized. Really? Oh yeah. wow! Okay, yeah. that's great though. Yeah, it's one of the good few good things from the whole last two years. Is yeah. Like, People were forced to reckon with certain things with either ADHD or various other conditions. Yeah. Yeah. So much made sense. Like when that happened, I was like, it's crazy because I was like literally 
nearly 30 when I found out mm-hmm. um, that that was that happened. And then when I like thought back to like my entire life, I was like, this makes so much sense. This was why I couldn't do homework ever. Yeah, I never could do sit down and do it like ever in my life. And I just thought I was like a loser, <laughs> like, a, like a big dumb loser. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's the message that's sent. Yeah. Especially also uh, girls are not looked at the same way. Exactly. It's like because yeah. like I was like very quiet. I was like reserved. I was like artsy. So they're just like, oh, she's just like quiet. And it's like with uh, little boys, it tends to be like, you know, the stereotype of like, la, 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 I can't sit straight, like blah, blah. But for yeah. me, like that was not the case. It was like my brain was running a million miles a minute and I couldn't stop it sure um and then like you know after school i was just so busy with so many things that like Mm -hmm. i never thought that that was like the reason why i couldn't concentrate i thought it was because i was doing so much sure now what were the things that you were doing what were your after school activities or hobbies etc well like during school i didn't really have many i would like um when i was in high school i took a lot of like art classes Mm -hmm. and like i didn't like taking pe um and stuff so i got special permission to take like yoga at the community college for credit that's brilliant by the way there's someone else who despised pe yeah mr krem yeah i feel like you also (laughs) yeah there's nothing like running a mile on blacktop and just feeling your knees disintegrate it's like (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, and then like sweating during school and like having to change in front of people and i've always been like a bigger person Uh so i like was really uncomfortable with that and like it's like so embarrassing how they like weigh kids and then have you do like the whole thing. It's like, oh yeah, it's... I didn't like it, and I like asked my mom to like get me out of it. So I was able to do like yoga mm-hmm. at community college on Saturday to make up for like a whole year's of P credits. Oh my god! So you only had Saturday would make up for the whole week. Yeah, that's brilliant as well. All right. See, yeah, you're yeah. already putting the things together, making the moves back yeah. then. Yeah, <laughs> and then I, I would just take like a like an art class or something instead. And then I would take real art classes as well <laughs> at community college on Saturdays too, because I actually wanted to learn how to like draw and do stuff. Was um, that the first thing that you started doing drawing? Was that the... Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Um, yeah. Drawing, painting. I was always like an artsy kid. Like yeah. my parents tried to get me to do sports. Like the one definitive story <laughs> that I have is like, you know, my parents are Mexican. My dad is like very into soccer, like all that stuff. So they put me in soccer and they realized that it wasn't for me, apparently, one game where, like, they were, like, where is she? They were, like, looking for me <laughs> during a game. And they found me, like, off in a field nearby making, like, flower bracelets. Wow. <laughs> and they were, like, yeah, sports aren't for her. <laughs> <laughs> and were, were they you were making them for the team or were you just making them? Just for myself. Good. They're, you know, pretty... Yeah. Pretty flowers, bracelets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Always very visual and aesthetic. Um, but it's okay. Don't worry about my parents. They, My sister was very much like an athlete. So. Yeah. Oh, good. So they yeah. got the so artist. They got, they got the athlete. They yeah. got the athlete. Yeah. How many other siblings? Just the one? Just the or? one. Yeah. yeah. She's six years younger than me. She's also pretty artistic. Mm-hmm. She was also like a painter and a drawer, but she like actually liked doing sports. Mm. Um. But yeah, they got their fill with her. <laughs> my dad got somebody that actually enjoyed playing soccer. Um, yeah. And then after like college and stuff, um, I was pretty much just working and didn't have like any hobbies and stuff. I had stopped painting. I had just lost like the need for it. And I had taken like violin lessons in high school too because I wanted to learn how to play for yeah. myself. Yeah. Um, and I took guitar lessons. Couldn't play guitar. Like it was like it's hard for me. And then they were like, oh, violin's going to be even harder. And then I took violin and I was like, this is easy for me. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I don't understand like 
what how it is that my brain works that like playing violin was so easy and um playing guitar was like harder for me at the sure. time which was probably the attention thing and the adhd oh, somehow prob- i don't know no probably yeah. yeah because it's like you know it takes so much the first year especially of an instrument right yeah that and also the whole thing of now you're doing two totally different things with your hands yeah and things are counterintuitive kind of mm-hmm. in a weird way and it's just it's too much sort of to mm-hmm. load in there yeah it was somehow easy for me to like do the strings on the violin rather than sure. do it on the neck of the guitar i wonder if it has anything to do i mean it's the same principle that the closer you get to the fretboard or whatever or to you on the frets probably it gets higher but there's four strings and it's not the like you know how like there's that one yeah. fucking string that's you tune it higher than you know what i mean mm-hmm. like you tune to the fifth string tune to the fifth string, and now tune to the i mean not the fifth fret fifth fret fourth fret fifth fret uh-huh. something like that i don't know there's some kind of thing about chords and yeah guitars were just like a mystery to me mm-hmm. but um um, I only took that in high school. I, I didn't start. You have to start like young to play violin, like three years old, uh, or else like you're like. Oh yeah, they're like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to like you if you want a kid to play violin, they have to be like a toddler when they like get their first violin. It's like learn. that in ballerinas, right? Like the, yeah, exactly. Above age five, like yeah. then you're already a history. They're like, we don't want to know from you. Yeah, I'm yeah. giving out a crucial detail, which was that it's the electric violin. I had an electric. Ooh. I had an acoustic. Oh, yeah. It was rented. I rented the acoustic because they're like more expensive. Yeah. Um, but then I owned an electric because I was really into electric violin. Yeah, sure. And um, <laughs> it's super cool electric violin. As like a goth, I made my violin teacher, who was super cool. She was the best. Um, I took violin lessons in Napa at the Napa School of Music. They were great. Um, and I would ask her to like. How would you say it? Like, translate, like, death metal songs onto, oh. like, the electric violin. And she would actually do it. And I would, like, learn how to play, like, Cannibal Corpse on the violin. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, like, it was wild because I loved... um um, the only like one that I really really loved that was like classical is La Folia. That was the only one that I wanted to learn how to play because mm-hmm. that was my favorite. Um, but like for the most part, a lot of them were like metal songs or like you know like um, what's Bauhaus the or yeah some yeah goth stuff. Maybe? It was mostly like because their stuff is like more i guess melancholy yes. it was mostly like metal that i wanted to play because the electric violin would sound like a guitar shredding oh yeah that makes total uh, sense yeah so that that's total like sense. yeah that's what yeah. i would get her to do um it did was, you play evanescence or did you like no i didn't like <laughs> evanescence back then oh, because I, see, I was yeah. trying to i was like a pretentious little goth i was like i don't <laughs> listen to marilyn manson and evanescence it's not a real goth you know what i mean um, but I would listen to like death metal and like heavy metal. Um, Cradle of Filth. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny because like, you know, when you're like taking like music lessons and like you have a family party, your parents are always like, play a little something for the family. <laughs> and um, I'd be playing like literally like a cannibal corpse song. And my yeah. aunts, my old aunts, my Mexican aunts would be like, oh, so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Turning them on to stuff. They you ne- they never knew that they exactly, would love. Exactly. Yeah. would yeah. <laughs> be like, what song is that? I'm like, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Who are some other... Uh, death metal or heavy metal bands that you enjoy i'm trying to like remember the names of them because uh, the adhd my oh, brain goes blank. Wait, typo negative um, maybe because they're kind of mm. in between the goth and heavy metal mm, uh what was the band that ozzy osbourne was in oh black sabbath oh yeah black sabbath i yeah. love black sabbath songs for the electric violin it sounds uh, so good I I, like yeah. learn how to play like fairies wear boots and stuff it sounded so good with that, the electric violin that sounds amazing yeah, yeah it was really, really fun idea. i wish i i should start that i only took like three years 
while I was in high school. And then when I started college, I obviously didn't have time. And then, you know, I wasn't like a child wonder, but I picked up the uh, violin pretty quickly. So I was Mm -hmm. able to get to like a level where my like instructor was like, it seems like you've been playing it for at least six years. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. great. Like my second year. And I was like, okay, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And I really enjoyed playing it, but I should start that up again. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that'll be my thing. (laughs) Yeah. Did you ever incorporate it into any drag performances? No, because I, I I don't know how to play anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's been like over a decade. Wait, mm-hmm. over a decade. Like, yeah. Since, Although you did pick it up pretty quickly, right? So I'm sure. I did. Maybe if I like took lessons again, I would probably pick it up again. Yeah. Yeah, especially now that I'm on ADHD meds and can actually pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes a tremendous difference, doesn't it? Yeah, it makes a huge difference. That was like part of the thing in the pandemic. Going back to like how I found out mm-hmm. was like I. Uh, you know, in the pandemic, you're working from home. There's like, you know, not as many distractions as like working in an office. And then I just found my job. My job was so difficult, so hard for me to do. And I had so many things to do. My job was like really intense. What kind of job? You don't necessarily, if you don't want to say. Um, I worked at a behind the scenes at a huge makeup company oh, okay. and they're like sales marketing. Yeah. Um, And I like um was in charge of like a team of like over a hundred artists um internationally that like you know worked for our brand and i did so many it was just literally if i had like a a list of things that i did daily it'd be like a hundred things and then it became like quadrupled in the pandemic because everything became virtual and then all of a sudden i was like an administrator all of a sudden i had to learn how to code to make things work right like all this stuff that i was like not getting paid to do yeah and like setting Um, up like green screen things and yeah. just like shooting stuff no like, and i literally had to like teach the artists how to like use social media and how to shoot oh things god it was like a whole thing because like they didn't they work in stores they like they don't know how to like shoot stuff they know how to do makeup yeah so it was like this whole process where i like had to train them to do that and like working on a bunch of different things and like helping out so many departments and like the person yeah. that was supervising me was like oh it's the pandemic and you're clearly not like you know you don't have a huge workload why don't you do this thing for marketing i'm like what are you talking about like i'm doing like i can't, like i'm literally working day and night like i'm doing the most that's yeah. why i just looked it up and that's what yeah. it turned out to be and it yeah. just became a thing where i was like crying <laughs> oh, no. like a lot of days yeah. where i was like this yeah. is so much and i was like am i just stupid like i can't like sit down and like think like I explained it like my brain was like literally a Rolodex and I couldn't stop it enough to read what was on the card. Yeah. Like it was just like going and I I, couldn't like think a thought. Yeah. yeah, I remember one time when I was younger after I knew that I had ADHD, it had already been diagnosed and was on medication. But then, of course, the wonderful insurance problems that happened. Mm. And I was 19 or 20 and I'd started playing guitar. I'd already played drums and for years but then the guitar learning it and then i was writing stuff and i forgot a thing i couldn't remember how the song went and i wrote it and i was like there's this sucks because i knew i was out of my medication too especially when you have that happen when you're on it and then you're off it and you're like right i thought the there was a dramatic difference and this really confirms it mm-hmm. because when you do feel that way that i maybe i'm stupid whatever it yeah. can make you feel really um insecure yeah in sure. ways that there's no reason to yes but you know also you don't know that there's a thing so you just think this is my own fucked up little problem yeah and it was a thing that was like compounded by the fact that my supervisor was like not very kind to me yeah um, in a lot of ways and the culture within that specific department was like super toxic so like that like really you know i don't i was saying earlier i don't get swayed easily by opinions but like that office kind of like broke me down a lot yeah Yeah. um so it was like a godsend to be able to work from home 
But when yeah. I was having those moments of like, I can't think a thought, like, am I stupid? Like, I can't do my job properly. And then I was getting like the reinforcement that you are stupid and you can't do your job. Properly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that's the uh, worst. Yeah, when you have like a slight thing that's uh, almost yeah. a fear based on something that you know something's wrong, but you don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah totally. You just need, all you need is a gentle push. Yeah. And you go right down the toilet of uh, that yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. But you it know? was extra awful because not only that, but like, you were doing the jobs of like 2.5 people. Yeah, it literally. It was like that right. thing. Like, right. It's like the intersection of like late stage capitalism and gaslighting. Yeah. yeah. They give you like 5,000 things to do. Yeah. Um, And then they're like, yeah, why aren't you doing these 5,000 things at this level? Or like, <laughs> yeah. oh, you forgot number 4,099. Yeah. 999. Yeah. And like, it's I'm really like, disappointed that you only did. 89 out of the 95 things that you were supposed to do today. Right. You yeah. really don't seem to be focusing. And we're concerned. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nah. Yeah. So I was mm-hmm. like, I think it's just me. Like, I don't understand. So I was like literally breaking down. I like went to my doctor and he was like, oh, it sounds like you have anxiety, um, blah, blah. And I was like, I, I do have a lot of anxiety all the time because like I can't concentrate. Right. I think it's just because right. of that. And he's like, well, yeah. you just might have anxiety, blah, blah, blah. So he prescribed me anxiety medication and he was like, um, you know, it could be a number of things like try out like the anxiety meds, see how it works. Do you mind if I it ask could- uh, what type of anxiety meds? Cause I find it's interesting. There's the long acting or the long, uh, long to take effect ones. And then there's the short ones and there's this weird bias with some doctors against, mm. Uh, each of them you know mm-hmm. so, i think it was a long to take effect we had to take them for like a month right before you feel anything before you feel anything yeah. but i took them for a month and i didn't really feel anything um and i was still like really anxious but he had mentioned like very casually like adhd like during your thing and i was like that's that part stuck with me the most out of anything yeah. like yeah. in our like um appointment because i was also like bawling during the appointment uh, i'm like an easy crier when it comes to like talking about things that are like hard for me um so yeah i wanted to say was... that for later in the show yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like anytime i'm not saying yeah. now is not a good time <laughs> um yeah but that stuck out to me and then i went to go look for like psychologists in my network and all of them had like atrocious reviews so i was like i'm going to take what little money that i have from this job and pay out of pocket good for you and I'm lucky enough that I was able to reimburse it through like some medical program that I had from when I lived in San Francisco. It's like this medical fund that I was set up by my previous job where I could get things reimbursed. So I was lucky enough that I was able to do that. But yeah. like um, I went to a really well-reviewed um, psychologist that I found online that, you know, people really loved. Um, and then I met my psychologist and she's amazing. Um, and she did like the whole, we did, it was like, obviously during the pandemic so over zoom we did the whole like two hour evaluation Mm, thing it was like a thousand dollars it was crazy but then she was like yep you definitely (laughs) (laughs) you passed the test with flying colors um yeah and then she's like uh i think what mine is like predominantly inattentive mm -hmm. um yeah that's right because there's a couple different categories yeah exactly which is good for people to hear too because Uh uh, again especially for women Mm -hmm. uh it's maybe not even addressed at all. Like the doctor said, oh, it's anxiety. Yeah, don't worry. It's it's yeah. anxiety. 
and then gave you the thing, which, by the way, doesn't help at all. I remember one doctor gave me Prozac. This is after long years of being on Ritalin, mm-hmm. and long acting, short acting, whatever. Put me on Prozac, and back then I drank. Mm-hmm. And he never said anything about like be careful when drinking. So oh, I was God. like, I, quick, right into a blackout. There was like two drinks. You know, <laughs> really scary. That that or Zoloft, I think, has the same kind of thing. But it doesn't do anything except in yeah. my case with the Prozac, it made me feel like a zombie. And I hate to say yeah. that because I know Prozac does wonders for people. Yeah. But any medication, if you don't need it, mm-hmm. it's probably not going to do anything good for you. Yeah. yeah. Mine, I didn't feel it at all, that anxiety med. Yeah. Um, but once she, you know, accurately diagnosed me and then I got the medication for um, for the ADHD, which is, I take the Adderall. So do I. Um, yeah. yeah. It's and, the best, I think. Oh, it's... The first week, I was like, is this how people's brains work? <laughs> like, quiet? Like, it was just like the like the smallest things. I was like, I actually screwed the cap on that all the way before I put it back? <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Like, just little things like that. And, like, I would just remember stuff. I, like, sat down and I was just, like, learning all these things be that I didn't have, like, the attention span for, like, I mentioned coding I had to do at yeah, one point yeah. at my job because, like, something wasn't working properly. And that was, like, one of the first weeks that I was, like, on Adderall. And I was, like, I just learned how to code in, like, two days. <laughs> like, what the hell's happening? Like, it was incredible. I had never – it was, like – the best week of my life <laughs> isn't it, it is wild right because you then go oh wait a second but yeah. you still have like weird shards of things from years past yeah a bit uh, you know like where you're dealing still with the impression you have of yourself because mm-hmm. of others being shitty plus yeah. your own frustration with the things that were previously uh, seemingly insurmountable yeah exactly it was it was such a like shift it was really really it was incredible. It was like the most impactful thing that's happened in my life in a while. And this is um, interesting that we can ask Mr. Krem uh, what you saw happening in terms of, um, I guess, Krem's state of mind in terms yeah. of happiness. Because I know the effect it had on me, but yeah. also when I was given the medication for the first time, I was maybe 15, 16, something like that. Yeah. And so when you're with someone to get that perspective. Yeah, it's interesting. It was interesting because I also have ADHD, but I don't know if it's the same category, but um it was interesting to to notice like some of like myself and you when you like pre um official diagnosis and pre like um you know getting the right medication for it and everything. And now yeah, it's like um you know n- not just like more focused, but just more there's it's like more of an equilibrium, I sure. guess, because what I've like, I would say like with my own state of mind with ADHD, it's kind of like what you were saying sometimes where it's like three Nicki Minaj songs playing at once yeah. and that kind of thing. <laughs> and then you're know, like, you would love to focus on one thing and do it, but there's 99 other things you just thought of and like yeah. that kind of thing. And so it's like, you definitely feel more at ease or you seem more at ease and like you're able to just do like simple things that do feel insurmountable when you don't have like the right kind of, um, chemical support yeah yeah i guess yeah and it's really funny because we definitely do have different types whereas like i'm like doing a million things at the same time and like i would just do them really sloppily in a hurry or like not finish them mm-hmm. whereas like your type is like you can't get started on something oh yeah <laughs> like, oh, you, I know what like you mean. for you yeah. to like try to get something done or like try to get something started is like yeah the hurdle whereas like my hurdle is like 
doing it correctly yeah <laughs> and like doing it paying attention yeah. and slowing down a little bit now i'm um, curious mr yeah. Krim, when you do finally get something started then yeah. it's not a problem right then you're like do you have hyper focus i do find yes. that i yeah i do have hyper focus <laughs> yes. where i could like i'm one of those weirdos that likes editing and i could do it for like 12 hours and it just like we've tried editing like youtube videos or tiktoks yeah. together and i'm just like nobody's even gonna pay attention to the part just skip over it just skip over it he's like i don't know i gotta load this into photoshop yeah. and edit this and then put it back into the video and i'm like it's half yeah. a second of frame i don't if, care yeah if, if, if there's the I'm most <laughs> if there's the most micro detail that isn't in place it'll haunt me Kind oh, I know exactly what you yeah. mean. Yeah, I'm the same way with editing. Yeah. And I have that same anticipatory dread Yeah, with things. That's my big hurdle. Yeah. Once I'm in it and I'm doing it, yeah. it's okay. But uh, also I can get into the anxiety uh, tumble down. Yeah. Right? I'm sure you've yeah. had similar experience. Yeah. And part of my thing too with ADHD is the whole like avoidance thing where <laughs> it's like you feel like so many things hovering over you that you just need to kind of like shut down and sort of like go into like cocoon mode or something. Um, but yeah, it's like the starting is like the hardest thing. Yeah. And then if I can get started, then it's often like, I feel this wave of relief. I'm like, wait, <laughs> it's just this. It's not I, like, yes, I've had the exact yeah. same thing. I'm like, yeah. I don't know what the hell I was on about earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's insane. Yeah. You know, yeah. this reminds me of, I think like a really good way to explain it is like, you know, in Mario Kart where they're like, you're waiting to like go and it's uh-huh. like, do. Do, do. But like it just keeps doing that over and over for you. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like I'm constantly stuck in do 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 do. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. uh-huh. But like the dudes get slower and slower and more ominous sounding <laughs> it, the longer it goes. And I could be doing that for hours, and I'm just like. And then that's like the disassociating. Whereas yeah. easier to just like watch yourself kind of floating around the room than like to yeah. actually do it. Yeah. I would have done like 60 things and I come back and I was like, have, have you been on the couch this whole time? Yeah. And you're just like, huh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am because I don't know. There's this thing I have to do. And then suddenly it's yeah. the it's the weirdest thing because you those moments you're weirdly uh, aware of everything in the world that yeah. has to be done. Mm-hmm. And somehow you're feeling like, by doing one of them, you can't do the other. Yeah, yeah. And then, again, you start, and you're like, oh, this is fine. And then after this, I'll just do the other thing. Yeah, that's what it is. It's like when you think of something else that you have to do on top of the thing that you're – you started thinking about. It's like it seems as if they're canceling each other out somehow. <laughs> but it's like that's not how yeah. things work. And then you like, go and, – and oh, and if I do this, then I have no time left ever. Yeah. There's nothing – yeah. Yeah, yeah. It becomes this whole distorted thing that doesn't make any sense. But – um yeah, and I tried um I can't like be prescribed Adderall or stuff like that because I'm trying to take care of um like high blood pressure. And so oh, I was okay. prescribed um well Butrin which is like an I forget what they call that an off-brand or off-label approach to like treating something. Right. I know exactly and, what you mean, but yeah. yeah, like sneaky or something. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that didn't that didn't really seem to do anything, so I finally mm-hmm. stopped and I'm just waiting for California to legalize like mushrooms because I feel like <laughs> Right. Yeah. I think that's we're very I close. I told him to start yeah. taking like lion's mane maybe a little. I just started yeah. that and I do yeah. feel I feel like I feel something from that. Yeah. 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 For yeah. me, like I that role like changed my life. Like Yeah. And it's yeah. funny because like I was I've like never like done like hard drugs ever in my life. And like I wasn't I was like I drank quite a bit when I lived in San Francisco when I started going out and then now I barely do. And obviously now with the Adderall, like you can't really enjoy yourself drinking because you can't get drunk. And, you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? You well, understand that you drink and then it's like the point that you're drunk, you're blocked out because you can't yeah. you can't feel the alcohol hitting you as you're drinking it when you're on Adderall. You shouldn't be drinking that much anyway with it, which I try not to. Yeah. And we're not big mm-hmm. drinkers. Like We only drink uh, 
recreationally when we're sure. out sometimes. Yeah. Um, but we like never drink at home hardly. Yeah. It's like not a thing for us. Yeah. And I've never like done any of the hard drugs. And part of me is like, maybe if I had, I would have like noticed something <laughs> was wrong. That's what they say. The people who um accidentally realized they had ADHD when they were like doing coke at a party. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, yeah. Oh, wait, I just feel like normal and chill right now. Yeah. Everyone else is just like American psycho mode. I know. And they're like, wait, is, is this an option? Can I feel Yeah, I'm like, yeah. yeah. It's funny because like, you know, like Adderall is like literally like meth. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> if I had done drugs at I know, any time I know, in my yeah. life, maybe I would have known. I know. I'm so f- happy that I never got into speed or anything as a kid. Mm. Yeah. I remember my, a doctor saying to my mother, well, if he starts smoking, he'll never stop because nicotine, and he explained something about that, nicotine hit affects ADHD as well. Mm. Oh, yeah. And I never heard that either, thank God. It, well, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, uh, I'm i still addicted to nicotine, but I don't mind because mm. I have a vape now. But um, and I hit it all day long. But uh, I don't mind because I can run up the stairs, and I'm not like, <gasps> yeah. Uh, not the case when I was a smoker. Right near the end, I remember uh-huh. one. I still remember that one trip up the stairs in this building, and I was like, oh yeah, that's not good. That's not good at all. And um, then when I quit, I could smell onions again. I was like, okay, all right, I'm on the right path. Nice. Interesting. But yeah, isn't it? But I, that's definitely true with people and uh, uppers. Yeah. And especially 30 years ago, you think about people not having any of this information yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah now do you take sustained release or instant release adderall uh sustained i used to go between both yeah um but because sometimes like the instant felt better and sometimes the sustained felt better and then like after i took it like for a few months i've been on it for like a year or more now yeah um the sustain release is the one that really works all the time for mm-hmm. me. And I, I've been really lucky that, like, I've been taking it this long, the same dosage, and that I haven't felt the need to go higher. Usually you don't. Yeah. It, it, sometimes there's that thought from doctors or, you know, forums. Yeah. But I'm pretty much on the same amount and actually yeah. maybe a little bit less because I was on a lot of Ritalin mm-hmm. years ago. But still, it also depends on the day and yeah. what's going on. I, I try find. to take breaks too. Yeah. Like if it's like a Sunday where I'm not doing anything and I'm not planning on doing anything, I won't mm-hmm. take it. But if I'm like, it's like a Saturday and we're going to go like hang out with family all day and I should be like able to pay attention to the conversation, I'll take it. You know what I mean? Sure. Totally. And then I take it like every day during the week. So s- occasional Sundays are like my days off where I like, I'm like, I'm going to be on the couch all day. I don't need to take this. Um, <laughs> for me, for me, the fabric of my mind needs it every day. So maybe a little <laughs> bit less than other times, but yeah. 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 I yeah. get afraid of like becoming like too used to it and then having to like do that. So like, sure. I feel like taking the days off. Yeah. My psychologist said it would be like pretty good too. Um, like a good way to like not get too, I guess. Dependent. Dependent. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, for me, it's more like I'm taking it because I want to be able to get things done. Um, and But it's good. I'm glad we're talking about this too. So anyone listening who has not done any medication or whatever because of a fear of it, I think just a little message, a little PSA, check it yeah. out because you don't have to continue forever. But yeah. I'm, I'm curious also, Mr. Krem, if, uh, and I'm really enjoying calling you Mr. Krem, I'm sure you've noticed <laughs> It's a wonderful name, so thank the fans. Feels like a superhero name, or something. yeah, or like a porn name. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Superhero porn. So uh, yeah, yeah, there's all kinds well, of things. More of a porn name than come to think of it. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> um, with uh, there's what's I can't remember the name of it, but there's a non-stimulant mm. one of the ADHD. Drugs I wonder if I it was know. one that. Um, my psychologist was talking about, but it had like these side effects that 
I just get like too scared by the the side effect stuff where it's like, do I really want to like mess with that? I'm curious what it is though, because yeah, yeah, they 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 suggested it. They offered it to me once, I think, and I was like, you know what? Like, I literally have had no problems with this. Yeah. So that's and also one time they. Not they, but when I got back from London at the start of the pandemic, it took me a little while to realize that the generic Adderall manufacturing, mm. they contracts had changed or something. And I was like, I don't feel right. And then I was like, uh, wait, the pills don't taste the same. And then it was this whole thing. Now it's all sorted out and I got the good manufacturer. Yeah. You know, the, mm-hmm. I got the good hookup, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, but I found a pharmacy that like actually cared and, and all that stuff. But it can be yeah. it could be a real nightmare, like you said. Uh the whole process is very mm. daunting because you're like, I have to now, I have to pay for someone. Yeah. And, and then constantly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like forever. You have to like have your appointments to get the prescription, which sucks. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. such bullshit, honestly, yeah. for people that actually have ADHD, just because like some people like abuse it that now like people I, that yes. are actually in need of it, like have to do this constantly. And like I said, I pay out of pocket for it. So it's not cheap. Yeah. You know, um, but luckily, I'm at a place with, like, my psychologist where I'm, like, her lowest priority client, where she's, like, we could do it every few months, and I'll give you, like, t- I'll just send your prescriptions every month. Mm-hmm. Or we could do, Perfect. like, every two months or every three months, because, like, if I had an issue, I would just call her yeah. and be, like, mm, I don't feel right. Because we had a few issues, like you said, with the generics before oh, okay. with, the, yeah. with the instant release, because, you know, it's, like, the two. Yes, right. Um, Those two, like, generic instant releases... There were times where, like, I'm like, I swear this is not working or, like, feels weird. And she's like, yeah, sometimes because of generics, like, they don't really – they can often, like, do different recipes just depending on, like, what ingredients are cheaper. Mm. Like, they won't always feel the same. And so then I just, like, transferred over to the name brand Adderall, yeah. like, Sustain, and that just, like, always works. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, those were, like, the issues that you were talking about. With Which the, is maddening, right? Especially yeah. when you're first getting into it and you're like, wait a second, I just had the solution here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And now, yeah. Luckily, I, you know, I was able to like call her and she would just Good. send me the new prescription. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that whole situation of like getting diagnosed and like my life changing just for me to like be like, oh, wow, I could do stuff. Like I'm productive. Like I'm getting things done. My job is the problem. (laughs) (laughs) It's still too much. And it's too much for one person. It's literally like at least two people's jobs. 2.5 as you pointed out. Yeah, it was literally like that. And then I was like, I had to get out of here. Um, But luckily, uh, one of my best friends, he worked at the same company, Mm -hmm. still works at the same company in a different department um in like e-commerce and uh they were like hiring a role for like the same position that i was in and i'm like just let me go over so he told his Mm. boss uh, and there was like a whole process and then i didn't tell my boss (laughs) because i didn't want her to know (laughs) and then i went over to their uh department where it was actually the correct amount of work and i was like this is amazing yeah uh yeah and then i stayed there um for a while and just recently moved on to like a new company but well congratulations yeah. on that thank you you're welcome um, and you you love it there it's a much better job yeah. it, it's what i wanted to do uh-huh. um outside of um uh, this i've never been able to do drug uh full-time and i've never wanted to do it because i have seen so many queens like struggle and it's like i'm gonna try to do drug full-time and then like Three months later, they're like, I can't pay rent. Like, please donate to my... Go-. It's like, I never wanted to be that person because I helped so many people and I saw so many people in that situation yeah. that I was like, after a certain age, I was like, I can't live like this. Sure. There are things that I need. I need like 
you know, water. I need to buy my, you know, <laughs> it, it, when it comes to like, you know, doing drag, like not only doing drag, but, like doing drag as a woman already, like there's so many, a, being a woman is more expensive than being a man. Like oh, overall, yeah. we have to pay Across for like so mm. many more things. Yeah. So that's already like way pricey. And then to like double it and drag like for another <laughs> persona is like crazy. And I was like, I, when I lived in San Francisco and I started doing drag, like it was so much fun. Yes. Broke artist lifestyle. No money. Like, you know, it was really fun. And after a few years, I was like, I never want to live like this again. Like totally. never. I'm going to like work my little corporate life and then like do the things that I want to do when I want to do them on yeah. my terms and then have more money to like buy the things that I want to buy and like, you know, do all that stuff. And then still be able to enjoy. And still be able to you, enjoy. Yeah. Because yeah. so, that, that's the saddest thing. Yeah. When you can't enjoy this thing that gave you so much life and, and, and when you energy. feel desperate to make the money yes. to mm-hmm. yeah. to justify the lifestyle. Um and you know, like uh it was just, you know, it's uncertain. Uh like a drag career in general, like where you're gonna go and like what kind of opportunities will come to you and what kind of opportunities will be awarded to you. And it's like all that stuff was like it was just too uncertain. I saw too way too many people struggle and i was like i don't want to i don't want that to be me right i want to m- ensure that i'm taking care of myself and like all that stuff after mm-hmm. not doing that for a while when sure. i lived in san francisco and it was like broke artist so much fun <laughs> ramen <laughs> every night haven't slept in three years <laughs> um yeah. so wh- how long was it in san francisco um i lived there for a few years yeah. um i was really lucky enough that i like lived with my drag mom oh that's great and um yeah. Yeah, it was like a drag house. So it was so much mm-hmm. fun. Like everybody was she's a wig maker now professionally. So she started um doing wigs like a little bit after um I moved in and then I would like ask her to do all these styles that she like didn't know how to do. Mm-hmm. So she learned how to do them and then just became an expert over time and then her mom um real life mom is like a business uh, attorney mm-hmm. so like helped her start the business like LLC, the whole thing oh great um and she recently like helped me with like a similar thing um and so now she's like doing that full-time and she like makes really great money and she's so good at what she does she like literally has the best wigs who is ever. this uh your laundry mom. time at wigs by tips fabulous Rush over there right now everyone and find your wigs <laughs> everybody uses her already like tons of rue girls like go to her yeah, well, I just mean the people that didn't know her. about ADHD medication. They need that and some wigs. <laughs> you right need now. wigs, yeah. 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 Honestly, those two things go hand in hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if you get those, everything in life just falls into place. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was lucky enough to live with her. It was like a lot of fun for a lot of those years. But that was the time I was working retail and like making no money. And San Francisco is expensive. Yeah, well, more, the most expensive city. It's in crazy the US. expensive, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, luckily, like, she had been living in that apartment, Um, I think, since she was in college and was, like, rent-controlled. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they didn't pay much, but it was still too much for me, and I, like, never had any money um, left over, and, like, doing shows that just went back into, like, paying for gas or paying for parking where mm-hmm. I worked and, like, that kind of stuff, because they wouldn't cover it. And that that could, kind all of stuff. that just gets exhausting. Yeah, You're exactly. Just, too much. And yeah. so I made the... T- choice to move to LA with two friends from San Francisco that also wanted to like move and that was around the time that I was getting like tons of opportunities like in LA so I was coming here pretty often yeah um so yeah we all moved together um that's really sweet yeah it's very nice especially LA because it's so spread out yeah coming from San Francisco right which is like everything's kind of on top of each other Yeah, yeah exactly and it was like really fun moving with them they were like 
they're a little older than me, so they were, like, more subtle than their, like, careers and stuff. Um, but my friend w- wanted to try to do, like, freelancing for the first time, like, yeah. all that stuff. So we were all just, like, let's take a chance <laughs> and move over. Um, and then that's where I got my first job in the corporate world, yeah. too, um, like, behind the scenes of beauty stuff. Um, and that was pretty fun. And then it was, like, a crazy whirlwind for, like, the first few years because – I was literally performing somewhere like every weekend. <laughs> so I was working a nine to five. Yeah. And I was like driving two hours to my job because like I didn't know like the West Side was so far from the valley. <laughs> stupidly, because I didn't know that kind of stuff. So I took a job in the West Side and I lived yeah. in Glendale. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, what part of the West Side too? Because I used to work Culver City. Oh, I work yeah, I worked uh in Venice and Santa Monica uh-huh. because they moved the office, but it was the same place. It was like the first big gig I got out here. Mm-hmm. And about a year after I moved out here and I was living in North Hollywood and it was, let's say eight months after, because at the year mark, I moved into this place, yeah. which it still was a long commute, but yeah. not the 405, which I find that in California, you can get everywhere four different, five different ways. Massachusetts, mm-hmm. where I'm from, not the case, mm-hmm. except that stuff you had to be you had to go on the 405 mm-hmm. and it's the ugliest yeah. stretch of highway and like yeah. people like really don't understand from other places that aren't like from here but like <laughs> two hours to get to work oh yeah no two joke. hours yeah. and then two hours or three hours home because it's worse coming back um so that and then like literally flying out every weekend so i would like fly out saturday <laughs> have the show saturday night fly back sunday morning and then monday do it over again so i was like literally doing that for like two years straight are you good at sleeping on planes or i am now <laughs> i learned really quickly when i started traveling um, i started traveling for drug in san francisco um and yeah i was still like obviously working every day and then doing that on my off days so i became really good at sleeping on planes and i could fall asleep before the plane even takes off now I'm like literally out in REM sleep. Yeah. Like while we're still on the ground, while people are still putting their mm-hmm. seatbelts on. I've done that too. My yeah. move is I get on the plane, I, I rush to the bathroom, I throw my bag on my seat, run to the bathroom because I don't want to get up. If I can not get up on the whole flight, mm-hmm. it's the best because mm. yeah. I like the window seat as well because mm. it, you know, no one bumps into you on the way. And also, if you slump, I can, you know, I've trained my body to slump to the window because yeah. the, that's the horror. You know, mm. you never want to wake up drooling on someone. So, yeah, <laughs> I learned how to slump forward. Oh, I've done yeah. that. I do that a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm Wait, real good your, at that. Does your head just hit the seat? <laughs> no, I like, I think it's like maybe the boobs or the fat on the middle section. That I oh, nice. And like, if I was like thinner or like more flatches, I could probably do this. Like, there's like a, a natural stoppage to me here. Yeah. No one talks about the benefits of having a belly. Just really, for, really? Yeah. No, no, it's, it's true. quite the benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, Especially for that. My hunch is very much kind of just like the kind where you're like, you wake up and you're like, oh, my neck. You know, it's like the, the head yeah. is fully yeah. like that. My mouth's probably hanging open too. Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, yeah. that's, that always happens. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like I am never going to go on a plane without a mask, both for the open mouth sleeping and just because the air is nasty, period. That's yeah. a really good idea. Actually. Yeah. I, I, actually, I remember when I went home for the holidays, I had the mask. I was like, oh, I don't care what I like. Who's yeah. going to see what I look like? I'm exactly. like completely swaddled. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. That's what my mom used to do. We used to make fun of her. And now like I understand. My dad would be like, you look like a Unabomber. Like, stop. Because she would have her, like, her snood situation uh-huh. and, like, the scarves wrapped around her. You would see her eyes and she's just, like, in her jackets like this on the plane. And we just, like, make fun of her relentlessly. And I'm like, no, you're smart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You're just yeah. a pile of blankets. You're not even a person. That's what I'm <laughs> <laughs> 
Although I said I managed to wake up right in time for the snack cart, so like part of me is still alert. What about you, Mister? Yeah, Crow? I do that too. You have you know, to. You're like that's key. Yeah, I, need I that. have a really hard time sleeping on airplanes, and I want like for you like when you learn to sleep on airplanes, does that translate into falling asleep fast like normally, like outside of airplanes? Because you're really good at that. And uh, I'm I've like, always been that. Yeah, uh, he's were. like not a good sleeper. No, like, okay. he can't I, fall asleep. Yeah, yeah. My um, uh, what do you even call it? Like my sleep um, habits, or yeah, my sleep habit, or yeah, like what I basically need to do at night. And you've seen it's a whole production. It's like, <laughs> yeah, um, and it, it goes insane. beyond melatonin. It basically. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I don't know what it is, but I can't fall asleep on a pillow, like just oh, a okay. pillow under my head. And it doesn't matter what kind of pillow, but I have to ball up um, a blanket. I have to, to, yeah, to basically put a blanket into a ball and use that to sleep because for some reason, like the, um, maybe like the density and the shape of like a blanket ball. Yeah. And then I have to put another blanket over my head and have it cover my eyes. So I literally look like some kind of like, um, monster mummy yeah, kind do. of character. I was like, yeah. why is he mummified? When I first noticed, I was like, yeah. what is going on? Here? Yeah, but for yeah, and like a sleep mask won't work because it's not enough coverage. I just yeah. I, I need to like burrow. Yeah, and maybe it's like to feel safe or something. I wonder if like maybe in a previous life. I was like a mole rat or something oh <laughs> and like, you know, like a fox took my head off. I don't know. Oh it was God. like, yeah. As a baby, you felt unsafe sleeping. Maybe. With like open. I would love like, to know the reasoning behind it. But yeah, a dog licked yeah. your head and all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. I'm like, now you can't sleep without something. But we also saw like speaking of like TikTok and realizing like you have ADHD through TikTok or something like we were watching uh, TikTok where someone was like, um, the things um, I didn't realize that meant that I am like autistic or something. And one of them was like sleeping with a blanket over your head. And we both looked at each other and we're, we're yeah, like, I was like, oh, <laughs> not that, no, it's not a bad thing. Yeah, but yeah, but so, like, well, that's the other great thing. Yeah. Realizing that, that autism mm-hmm. uh, yeah. doesn't mean what they thought it meant before. Yeah. 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 Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, my partner's neurodivergent. Mm-hmm. And I didn't also know that neurodiverse now, uh, I don't know if it now includes, but includes ADHD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So ADHD, autism, and uh, a, ser- a slew of other things mm-hmm. yeah but it's nice that uh, as the years go on that things are becoming more known and also there's more um easier to or less of a barrier to entry to understanding mm-hmm. especially with terms like neurodiverse mm-hmm. it kind of explains it a little bit mm-hmm. because yeah. all you knew before about say autism was rain man mm-hmm. yeah or something you know some a character in a movie that was like it was like that was the bad thing yeah you know? it was just like, the extreme yeah. yeah exactly and with adhd there was this uh, notion of just hyperactivity which yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, oh. yeah exactly like yeah. i'm animated but also like you yeah. when you get focused on something it's like the blinders are on yeah and you're in it and yeah. so it's nice that people are getting more familiar with that yeah and with tiktok people just sharing their own experiences yeah once you get past the thing of that notion you know especially if you're over a certain age people go oh it's just people dancing yeah yeah, yeah. it's not really no no yeah. it's so much more there's plenty of like bad shit on tiktok but yeah. oh yeah but, there's like a lot of really good stuff yeah too. but yeah but it has like democratized just like sharing experiences in ways that like you know i guess other social media did too like twitter and instagram but maybe it's like the format because it's the short videos and then people realize like oh i can just do these kind of like talking head things where i just kind of like it doesn't have to be a production yeah Yeah. i could just turn the camera on and it's good yeah yeah it's really interesting um i think there's like a few things in that video too i think she's like the rocking yourself to sleep which i do Mm -hmm. i'm Mm. like a mover i like do Uh, this 
and like the rubbing your feet together and i was like hmm yeah maybe yeah. me too yeah. <laughs> well that's yeah. the other thing it, it opens you up to thinking about this stuff yeah, yeah. Like, even with adhd or uh, either one of them right right uh, yeah. because you just think well you have a picture in your head of what it is and then when you start oh wait that's like me that's mm. like me yeah it, which is wonderful Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah definitely and it's a shame that like for so much of our lives we live with like the stereotypes of what all, all those things are mm-hmm. yeah because it kind of keeps you imprisoned because you don't yeah. understand you kind of like you judge and shame yourself for like well, why doesn't my brain work right and yeah. all these things and you're like oh wait no it's like so common actually yeah and yeah. and then you only then you get to begin exploring like not solutions but you begin to explore like new ways of like um, living with it and then you also can stop like kicking yourself in the balls over it you know yeah. Yeah. Over, yeah. and you can also see that there's benefits to yeah. each thing um, let's say on autism there's definitely specific things that you are better at than mm-hmm. other people particularly yeah. people with ADHD mm-hmm. and people with ADHD <laughs> have their own strengths our own strengths whatever mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, that's the great thing is then you can start to move away from the shame and all mm-hmm. of that stuff to celebrating the stuff that makes you you mm-hmm. And it's really crazy because I've told you this story that like I had depression in high school, like really bad depression. And my mom took me to a therapist and Mm -hmm. I like went once and I was literally so ashamed that like somebody would like find out that I like I refused to go again. And I'm like, Mm. if I had kept going, it would have helped. But like at that point, like it wasn't like you know, as open as it was. And like, yeah. obviously there was like a really rough patch to getting here because there was that whole like Tumblr era of like glorifying <laughs> depression and stuff like that. Sure. Where everybody is like, I have a mental illness too. You know what I mean? Um, but like, I think it's getting to like a really good place where like people are talking about it in a more realistic way. Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah. really it just fits in. It's, it's almost like not an allergy because it makes it sound like there's something wrong with something, but it's just uh, your height. That yeah. dictates certain things. Mm-hmm. So similarly, mm-hmm. there's no good or bad to it. This yeah. is just mm-hmm. something that dictates uh, how yeah. we look at our life or how, what yeah. we need to do or like a vitamin thing. Yeah. Or yeah. yeah. And it has changed in a huge way because like um, the other night I had like a work call and we were talking about schedules for our next call. And they're like, oh, yeah, sorry, I, I can't um, do it that day. I have like, uh, you know, my therapist at that time. And you never would have heard that like 10 or 20 years oh, ago. God no man. one would have casually said, oh, yeah, sorry, I can't make it. I have like therapy because, you know, people would have been like, oh, are you are you, are you okay? all it's right? Are you yeah, all right? yeah <laughs> that kind of thing. Now it's like it's almost maybe not quite akin to saying, oh, no, I have to go to yoga or I, you know, I have to have like run errands. I have yeah. doctors. Yeah. yeah. But it's like so much further from where it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, the destigmatization yeah. is the most important thing, really. Mm-hmm. When yeah. everything is just treated as normal, because everything is normal. Mm-hmm. So the thing, no one is normal. So therefore, yeah. everyone is normal, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely aberrant people out there, but those are the more sinister people. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, everyone's kind of like, they got something going on. Everyone's yeah. got something going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The whole idea of normal is so perverse. Yeah. You yeah. Think about it. It is. Yeah. It is, because it just creates a structure for which you're just going to feel bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is why I don't care for like big religion or like mm-hmm. churches yeah. you know mm-hmm. what i mean that kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah 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 pretty much the same yeah we're mm-hmm. going what started this a sleeping pattern thing i no, think sleeping sleeping pattern. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and then i was wait curious. do we all have adhd <laughs> oh yeah oh my god <laughs> well and also i you know i think one of the things i'd like to uh use is the adhd surfing of mm. the topics mm. for the show because it always floats around and everything and then it's like oh we're going to bring it back to something mm-hmm. and then also we can go places and talk mm-hmm. about stuff and it's more 
I'd rather sort of hit a dead end and then go, okay, wait, I'll just, we'll just clip that bit out. I mean, you know, you both make a lot of content and let's talk about that because mm-hmm. you work together as mm-hmm. well as on your own things. And t- remind me again how long you've been together. Almost three years. Yeah, it's going to be three years in June. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Well, congratulations on that. That's Thanks. wonderful. Thank and I'm you. getting the sense that it was a you knew pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say it would be like too fast for most people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we like agreed to move in with each other at like four months, I think. Yeah. Four or five months. Wow. But yeah. yeah, the whole thing, and it almost goes back to the whole like, what is normal even? Is that like when it's right, it's right. Like, yeah. I yeah. never met someone who had a. I had a connection with like that quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like if I was trying to like, you know, look at it through a normal lens, some people would have been like, oh, wait, no, that that can't work. That's just like, yeah, you know, whatever. That, but yeah, it was almost like instantaneous, which I'd never experienced. Yeah. yeah. It was like going back to like when I moved to L.A., um, I actually moved back home to the Bay Area and moved in with my parents. Uh-huh. Because I was struggling very much financially, like doing drag and like all this money that I was like making doing gigs was just going to gas. And like I still didn't have enough money. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, totally. I was like yeah. in a very entry level position in the corporate world because I had been in retail. That obviously, I couldn't get anything, you know? Yeah. Um. So luckily, they let me like work from home and like keep my job, move to the Bay Area. And then I lived there for like a year-ish. But like during that time, my career continued to explode. So I would still be traveling. Yeah. But then I got booked to do makeup on a official like product release shoot for the company that I ended up working um with previously before mm-hmm. this job. Um and they flew me down for a shoot so I could do the makeup uh for the shoot. And then that's when we met mm-hmm. because I was in town for literally one day mm-hmm. and they flew me in too early. Um because <laughs> like the shoot was like the next day. They flew me in the morning the day before. And you know, on the west side, all my friends were like you know in like the valley and like they're like i'm not gonna drive to the west side i'm sorry like i love you but i'm not gonna drive in traffic for three hours i know you haven't been here for months and months and months i still can't get over that and honestly Uh i was like i get it i get it stay home yeah um when people move by the way to venice i'm like oh it was nice knowing them yeah yeah (laughs) i know they're not coming this way either yeah Yeah. exactly yeah. yeah Yeah, so I like re-downloaded the apps and whatnot, <laughs> and then that's when like we met and we like uh, met up for drinks that night. And yeah, it was like pretty yeah. much an instant like connection where like we had a like just really fun conversations, and it wasn't mm-hmm. like a weird. There was like no, you know that like awkward like date sort of. thing? I'm on the date performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah, yeah. yeah. Am, I on, like, am I on my date guy number one or date guy number three? Like it's that yeah. weird in yeah. like terms of the character. And yeah. I think yeah. it was like because i was only there for a day and then he like knew i was only there for a day Mm -hmm. that like we were like we might never see each other again so there was like no pretense yeah Yeah. so we're just like let's just like you know get whatever just talk i'm just looking for somebody to like fill my time you know what i mean yeah Yeah. and then we'd be like oh we're actually like having like a really fun time yeah yeah so yeah it was wild how much had to come together for us to like meet up that night yeah think about it and it's nuts because you're uh, when you worked in LA before you moved back up to the Bay Area, you were working just like less than a mile from where I was living and Literally. where I was working. So we would both be going to the same shopping center and probably across paths. Like, yeah, and we never yeah. I've, he never popped up on my like apps or anything back yeah. then at all. Yeah, at all. And I was like literally within the radius, like literally within a mile of yeah. my office. I love that. There. And then yeah. you were sent out too early, mm-hmm. and yeah. all the mm-hmm. things 
slotted and into place. The, um, shoot was rescheduled mm. a week later than it was going to be. Yeah. Really? So it was like all these things like really had to happen yeah. for us to meet. Yeah. And I almost like didn't like check um, my messages and stuff because I had done like online dating and I was just like kind of just like burnt out. I was sure. like, you know what, like. I don't know if I if I'm not dating people for a while like that's okay you know and it was one of those things where you go on like a million online dates yeah and it's just like you know you know I guess it's a numbers game you know for a lot of people but it was just like it there was something so inorganic feeling about going on like an internet date where it's yeah. like it had the pretense of being like this is a date and it felt weird it, it you know I don't know what is organic dating I guess you know you can meet people, you can run into them like in real life or it's a friend of a friend or whatever. And maybe that's more organic, but like, it was like wild that we did. It was so easy when we met up and yeah, maybe it was because it was like, it could have just been a one night stand thing, but like, you know, we've all like had one night stands. And for me, I've never been able to like be in the moment or enjoy them. It's very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Like I need to feel more of a connection to somebody to, um, to really get like, excited about it yeah but it was just like so natural and yeah. i don't know if it was because we it was partly the the one night like we might not see each other again thing but also i feel like we didn't necessarily know it like right away but there's like there's so much overlap in like our values and the way we think about things yeah our and opinions our on things. yeah so that was easy just talking to each other mm-hmm. but then one of the things that really this was like the bonding moment like the spark where it was like it really it was when we were um, talking and I think I was like, I said something to the effect of like, oh yeah, like, do you like real estate porn? Like looking at houses on Zillow that like, <laughs> you know, just looking like, and I was like, yeah, you know, I like looking at mid-century houses on Zillow that I can't afford. And you're like, and then it was just like, there was like a dead silence and you're like, oh yeah. And you whip your phone out. I was like, yeah. let's go through my safe list. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I was like showing him these houses that were like mid-century, like architecture, because we both love like vintage mid-century houses yeah everything intact mm-hmm. like we don't like when people like replace a bunch of stuff some things can be replaced because yeah. they're not always practical sure but yeah. like keep the integrity of like the house like um not mid-century modern like actual mid-century like your grandma's house not like okay some, you know <laughs> not like madman type stuff I'm well madman about... stuff yeah. too i like okay. that too but okay. it gets to a point where it's like kind of ugly when people go more modern than mid-century okay. and i feel like a lot of people go more modern than mid-century when they say mid-century modern yeah like they, i feel like people just use that as a buzzword they don't like actually know what it means when you hear them say mid-century modern on hgtv it does not mean they like never know what, what, what you and i might think of as no. mid-century yeah yeah so you're yeah. like both really into real estate and like vintage houses we're yeah. just like showing each other like our same yeah. so that was like the yeah, yeah that was probably the that was like moment. foreplay for us yeah. <laughs> yeah. it really was because it almost led it right into is. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that rock wall <laughs> Ooh, that rock wall is there oh my a- god is that an amber window (laughs) (laughs) now what's a house that someone listening to this right now could like look up is there because i know some Mm. architects uh you know the or rather some houses have the architect's name with them or they Mm. have names themselves but what would someone want to google right now to see something that would be representative of what you're both really keen on or maybe we can put a a picture up you send me one and then we'll put i think we can think of like um, for sure less mid-century a lot of like more um i guess 70s style houses but like clean like really nice looking 70s houses with like we Mm. like natural wood yeah well we also love a a craftsman or spanish with like Mm -hmm. the real natural wood that's been like Mm -hmm. taken care of yeah 
oh, arts and crafts houses. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge William Morris fan. So I'm like arts and crafts style yeah. homes, especially with the William Morris wallpaper. Yeah. I'm just like, ugh. Yeah, it's hard for me to um, think of like actual specific houses, but like the features, like all that stuff, like a sunken living room. Oh, like, incredible. Yeah, a sunken living room. Something about yeah. that, yeah. A rock fireplace for yeah. sure. Like, oh, yeah. Ghost the ceiling, yeah. honestly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, one thing that we've been kind of obsessed with even more lately is like you know when you see the um i don't know if it's like uh specific to craftsmen's or storybook houses but when they have those kind of like d- diamond jester shaped um oh the windows glass windows where it's yeah. like you know green red blue and oh, all that, like I that kind that. of thing oh. or just yeah. any stained glass window like i've been really yeah. into out, out of drag like 60s medieval style so that's mm. kind of how i dress mm. every single day now oh nice and so like getting into that 60s medieval is also like the revival of like the tudor styles mm-hmm. and like uh-huh. 60s and 70s houses yeah and so like i'm obsessed with like the tudor revival style homes. yeah the only issue is that they, they can be like dark inside because mm-hmm. they didn't put enough windows mm-hmm. so i think in that case if you get a tudor house it's totally valid if you want to yeah. like bust open the ceiling for a skylight or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah yeah but, yeah like medieval filtered through the 70s it's yeah. a very specific genre but it's so good mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah. so good yeah. but that was yeah pretty much our big connector yeah and then yeah. yeah we just kept chatting when i went home um over like instagram and like Mm -hmm. text and stuff yeah and like you know sharing house ideas and like music that we really love Mm -hmm. because we both also love like older music Mm -hmm. like i listen to everything but like a bulk of what i listen to is like 50s 60s 70s yeah like getting more into like more 80s stuff now because i like really liked it back in the day um like in high school i was like obviously a goth but now like more like you know like billy idol stuff but like billy idol's so good mm-hmm. yeah it's just so goddamn good i'm yeah. like there was no nobody was doing it like billy idol no and it's like i told you i've never done drugs before but i literally have a playlist that i like sent to my friends and i'm like here's the vibe okay it's the 80s i'm walking down hollywood boulevard with a leather jacket on the neon lights are hitting me i have big platinum hair and i'm on coke yeah and it's also 3 a.m and the streets are empty this is the vibe of the playlist you have to mm-hmm. send me songs for this yeah yeah. I know like, exactly. Immediately. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. I am such uh, a sucker for that vibe yes. and for anything adjacent to it. So yeah. a lot of stuff produced by Giorgio Moroder, Keith Forsey. Mm-hmm. He, of course, he did the Rebel Yell album mm-hmm. and all that, but tons of other stuff. I think he did yeah. the Breakfast Club soundtrack. Uh, yeah. But that thing, there's a specific thing: neon mm-hmm. and leather. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I need like the girls on film vibe. Like, yes. give me that. Give yeah. me that. What's the song you're obsessed with right now? It's um, West End Girls. West Side Girls. Yeah. yeah. West End Girls. I go barrel yeah. for that intro. It's so good. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah. Oh. yeah, that's part of it too. The drama of the synth, and there's like yes. a grandness mm-hmm. to it all yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a scope and a sweep. It's not it's- cheap. <laughs> it's no. like it is cheap because it's like 80s like cheap music but it's yeah. like that that like uh dolly parton quote it takes a lot of money to look this cheap yeah. that's like the definition of that kind of music yeah, yeah. you know it like really versus is. like the in, in speeds of like today where like it can get like boring and repetitive and i honestly can't listen to like edm and like electronic music like sure. that it like really makes my head hurt um but like that like synthy like slow like the build up the drama of like yeah. the 80 that specific genre of 80s music yeah it's so good i'm so into that i'm it less actually... about like tiffany but oh, like, okay yeah more about you know no same here like it i, I was amazed she played hamburger mary's recently <laughs> i saw it like the day before and i was like i can't go or, but and uh-huh. i was like that would be fun like mm. i was like what what would be going on yeah <laughs> tiffany at hamburger mary's yeah. amazing right yeah. i mean good for her no absolutely hopefully yeah. she does it again yeah because it's literally down the street and i yeah. was like 
Am I being very blasé? Because it's like down the street, but I was like, no, I I've, I got to get this done, that done, mm-hmm. or something. Um, but no, I'm way into that. And also, there's something about mid-tempo mm-hmm. dance music that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, it happened yeah. all the time back then. And you're like, mm-hmm. this is a groove. You can actually dance to this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I want that American Psycho vibe. Yes. Like, yeah. And I we actually saw a TikTok about it going back into like home styles that like that 80s cocaine chic mm. oh interior God, yeah. is back. Mm. Yeah. And like I love like a 70s, 60s, 50s house like Tudor Spanish. Those mm-hmm. are like my things. A craftsman, sure. whatever. Mm. But that that specific 80s genre. Oh. It's so good. It's the greatest. Yeah. I it's love eighties so stuff like in Miami Vice, just the the houses of like the yeah. Coke dealers yeah, and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, oh god, that's yeah. amazing. I love yeah. Weird surfaces. Hey, well, the, my table is a, yeah, a clear uh, indication that. of my uh, my um, predilection. Speaking for, of, we'll yeah. send you. I'll send you a listing that we saw recently, Ooh. and it was for a fully like maintained eighties cocaine chic house oh. in illinois wow it's incredible and it's like a steal compared to like what houses cost here which is sure. like unattainable yeah. and like, yeah. especially like right around here it's funny yeah. having a rent controlled apartment and yeah. then you happen to see a listing of yeah. like next two doors down or something yeah. that's a house and you're like what no but- literally <laughs> we have a rent controlled apartment too but the downstairs unit just went empty and in order to go around the rent control thing our new owner or like manager ripped out like the beautiful tile 50s bathrooms and put in upgrades because mm-hmm. that's the only way that she can get a loophole oh. into charging more yeah if you make oh, repairs yeah, yeah if you make right. repairs mm-hmm. that's so right there's some like, in this building that are like look totally different mm-hmm. than this and i'm like stay away i would like the new yeah. shower but yeah. stay away <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it's insane yeah. so she like got around that rent control thing and it's like so expensive and i'm like this apartment is not worth it totally but like yeah. um but you said the Illinois place. The Illinois place, yeah. yeah. And it's like, so yeah. So that's me surfing on the ADHD. I'm, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm going to throw you <laughs> off, but I'm going to bring you right back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I'm having it to do incredible. it to myself. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a fully mirrored, oh, I said a fully mirrored bathroom. Several fully mirrored bathrooms. Oh, my God. Oh, you would love it. It's I've got to see it. I can't wait. The, okay, the kitchen, I don't know, because the kitchen, <laughs> the cabinets are also mirrored, and it was wow. very confusing, because I'm like, okay, if I was in that kitchen, I would just be slamming into walls, because how do yeah. you know which is the wall and what is the cabinet when everything's mirrored? Yeah. And like, how do you know where things are? I would just be like thrown off. That was the only part I didn't like. Aesthetically, yes, but like functionally, yeah. I can't imagine that. Yeah, yeah, you know what that reminded me of? It's like when you have... um a dream and you're in a house and then it's like none of it like makes sense but it's very specific and that was like a yeah. kitchen from like a house in a dream it that's was like, yeah it was so bizarre that's like one of my recurring dreams of like trying to call somebody and i hit mashing the buttons and uh-huh. i can't and then i'm like no yeah <laughs> yeah and i'm imagining the smudging just oh yeah you know, oh you're making yeah, some that's food. what you were saying who's cleaning this house yeah that's the thing the right. windex yeah i remember thinking yeah. that when i watched the halston documentary you know mm. that beautiful room that was oh, all I mirrors i haven't seen that yeah it's, i want to oh his office was so gorgeous and i mean talk about like guided by cocaine yeah. styling <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's a story in that where he's on the phone and he's like there's something wrong with this phone there's something wrong with this phone they have the repairman come up and they discover that it's not a bad connection it's not faulty wiring they undo the mouthpiece on the phone and all this cocaine just falls out. Oh my, oh my God. Because he'd been just like hoovering up cocaine, but it was like not, you know, very tidily. And <laughs> so it was falling into the phone, obscuring oh the microphone. 
I thought you were going to say that the mirrors were keeping like something from uh, yeah. the frequency. Like, I mean, I know that's not how landlines work, but yeah. It's like, it's like a tinfoil hat. Yeah. You know, yeah. help them to yeah. not see your brains. Yeah. yeah. That's Did you see that movie yeah. Conspiracy Theory where Mel Gibson has uh, canceled, but he has the tinfoil <laughs> over all of his windows. No, they're all over the walls. He lives inside of like a tinfoiled uh, oh, apartment. Oh, wow. Yeah. I got to see that for that alone. Yeah, it's a product of its time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's great. So you, that, and then you had the connection. Well, I mean, you know, I was telling mm-hmm. you a little bit before about my um, relationship with Ada was all virtual, mm-hmm. uh, which sounds strange to say because it's yeah. very real. But we met because she was going to do the podcast and we taped an episode, but we sort of shelved it because yeah. it was also in the heart of the pandemic. So we're talking about things that the news might change next week. Mm. And yeah. also we had felt a connection. So yeah. I asked her out at the end of the chat after we stopped recording, and then we might do a reaction video to it mm-hmm. at some point. That would be nice. fun. Wouldn't that be yeah. fun? Because yeah. be interesting. Yeah, because yeah, having your first meeting on tape is wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of similar things to your story in that we're both from Massachusetts, but you never met. And mm-hmm. like when mm-hmm. she would be going to a Newbury Comics, I might have been working at one. And also where I stayed at an Airbnb, the first trip to London was literally down the street from her apartment at the time. That's crazy. Yeah. And my friends, Mike and Maddie live right down the street from where her family lives now. Mm. We both work DragCon UK, uh, never bumped into each other. It's just stuff like that. It's like weird when you think about like the universe has been trying to make it happen for so long and it's (laughs) just like trying and trying and trying. And it's not until you like kind of tune into it a little bit more than it like happens. And I also yeah. think this thing of like the universe was like, okay, well, no, not yet. Okay, almost, no, not yeah. they, no, yeah. no. They yeah. need to, they need, they each need to do something else. Keep them, ju- okay, of like a couple feet apart. Yeah, Keep it's them a mile apart. A soup. It's like seasoning, and you're kind of like tasting. tasting. It yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get to taste, and I you're was, like, done no, already. Yeah. I was like, uh, we were talking about this not long ago too, mm-hmm. where I was like, I'm glad that we never met when I was living in LA the first time and like working and like, you know, driving two hours to work and like, cause I was a totally different person. I felt like, I feel like I was like way more unhinged because like everything was so uncertain (laughs) and like, yeah, I, it was just not like the right space to like meet a person. Mm -hmm. So I think that has a lot to do with it really. Yeah. Yeah. And we were having a similar conversation about how, if we had met in, different eras right yeah mm-hmm. it's like she said oh yeah we would have smashed but then i was like yeah but then in, she was like yeah i know because like maybe we wouldn't have. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. you never know you like, never know people yeah. change so quickly you yeah. know yeah and you could be like the same person forever but varying degrees of like that your personality yeah. and i feel like i was like in unhinged territory back then so it wouldn't have been good yeah timing is is huge yeah because it's it's not a matter of like who you are but like what conditions are going to make you receptive to like to have all those things like come together. I was reading, I saw a quote today that was like kind of like cheesy, but it made sense. And it was, what was it? It was something like, um, we don't have to learn how to love. We have to learn like how to undo the things that don't make us like open to love or something yeah. or something. I don't, it was something along those lines. I'm kind of butchering it, but it was like, it that struck me as really true because yeah. it's like, yeah, you don't need to like, you don't like love is like the most natural thing in the world. But there's like so many things uh, that you just have to like grow through and experience to get to the place where like you can uh, have a connection with somebody and have it not like, yeah, if we met like, you know, like a year or two earlier, like it probably would have like short circuited or who knows what. Probably. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's it's like a totally different time. Also, yeah. like story time, <laughs> <laughs> which I posted on like Instagram before, but I did do a spell, a love spell. Ooh, 
because I'm a witch. I've been tell me more. You're gonna have to tell me more about being a witch. You know, yeah, that, right? I've been practicing uh, <laughs> probably like for a really long time. Probably like when I first like discovered manifestation mm. was in high school, and I was told you I was like really depressed, so I kind of pulled myself out of a lot. Obviously, you can't completely. Well, like, but you know, I, I'm but with you though. I've a huge portion of it yeah. through. Like I've sometimes I guess described it as dragging myself out, yeah. Know, but like, because it's not quite as, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it like was literally as simple as like my first like act of it. I remember um, when I was like sixteen, is like forcing myself to smile, uh huh, and like open mouth, teeth smile in front of my mirror, yeah, because I felt so stupid doing it, and then it just like kind of like became like a natural thing where I was just like happier you know what i mean sure so i had like started off with like manifestation and then like journaling though i didn't quite know how powerful it really was Mm -hmm. and like all that stuff and then once i started getting into drag it was like more of that and getting more into spirituality and like learning like candle spells and doing that sort of stuff and like all of that like being really really good for me but i I call myself like a master manifester Mm, because I'm like really good at manifesting things. I have like journals from like years back that I could look back on and it's crazy to be like, wow, that happened. That came true. Yeah. And I feel like, um, yeah, it was like life changing to like learn all that stuff. So I've been practicing, um, I think would be more like eclectic witchcraft. So it takes, Mm -hmm. you know, from little pieces of a lot of different things to just do, you know, what's, what feels good to me and like natural. Um, so I've been practicing that for a long time and I, the most, um, the way that I know that like the manifestation was working and like the most, you know, the biggest example of it that I've had people witness uh-huh. is, um, once when I was living in San Francisco, my friends and I, uh, the Boulay brothers asked us to do Queen Kong, mm-hmm. um, or asked me to do Queen Kong. And I was like, Hey, can you book my like drag mom and like my other drag mom and my, you know, drag family and we'll all come down. And like, so it was like me and my drag family. And then my two friends that I ended up moving to LA with later on. Oh, right. And we all came down for the weekend, like got Airbnb, like all of our friends, like did the show together, like had an amazing time. Yeah. Like made so much money. Like the party was incredible. And like, I was driving us to, brunch the next morning and we were like on high from the show because we were like oh this went so well like it was so much fun like we made so much money like we're so good at stuff blah blah and then like out loud like in the car like literally on the freeway right in front of the los angeles convention center i remember because it was like going towards um when you're going towards like the valley on this uh-huh. and you're driving there because we we're like in mid-city that like specific turnpike i remember i was driving and i said you know the next thing that i'm going to do now that we've done queen kong together in la my next goal is i want to do nightgowns in new york with sasha velour that's like that's my ultimate goal i'm gonna do that and then they were like oh yeah that's that's so cool that would be so sick blah blah Lit- did not make any like action towards mm-hmm. that um, aside from saying it out loud to like yeah. a bunch of people that love me and want the best for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is pretty powerful action. Which is pretty powerful action. Yeah. Which is like, um, people say like, don't say like what you're trying to get to other people. It's like, make sure that like you're around people that actually love you, want the best for you. And if you can say things out loud and goals yes. and it will be amplified. Um, but literally took no action other than saying it like yeah. in the car on the high of feeling great from the show because if you want to manifest like you want to make sure that you're feeling incredible right so i always take moments where i'm like on a high and i feel really good to be like 
and I'm going to do this, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh, that ice cream was really good. Damn, I feel so great. And and I'm going to get like uh, a... opportunity that brings me a lot of money next week right (laughs) like that sort of thing like do that because it actually works yeah that's a really good tip about also the state of mind because i think some people get a little thrown off with that yeah and then also can panic if they're having negative thoughts because everyone has panic thoughts but the key is panic thoughts are okay just try not don't make that your state of being yeah right it's like when you hear those like thoughts being like that's not gonna happen like inside your brain it can throw people off just be like shut up you stupid bitch and then just you know go on yeah. and be like i'm gonna do it anyway you yeah, know and like, you can say it aloud too. you can say it out loud like to like your inner you know yeah saboteur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but yeah i took no action towards that and literally two weeks later, got the email from Johnny Valor, like, we want to book you for nightgowns. Like, literally. Oh, amazing. And I, like, screamed and, like, ran out of my room. And I was living with my drag moms when I was in San Francisco. And, like, we were, like, oh, like, oh my God, this was incredible. Like, yeah. freaking out, like, flipping out. We had a show that night. And my, like, drag mom announced it to the entire crew, even though, like, or to the entire audience, even though it hadn't been announced yet. <laughs> She's like, I just got booked for nightgowns. And everybody was like, ah. <laughs> like all of the queens in San Francisco that were at the show, they were like, oh my God, that's amazing. So yeah. it was like, that was like the most like, where I have witnesses to yes. where it has worked. Yeah. Like the most vivid memory for me of it working. But um, I, I had been a really late bloomer, like romantically. Mm-hmm. Like I had one boyfriend in high school, which I don't really count because I I didn't have a boyfriend because I wanted it. I wanted like the high school experience because oh, I missed sure. so much of it because I was depressed. Oh, yeah. So I didn't do anything. I didn't do dances. I didn't do all that stuff. So my last year, I was like, I guess I'll get like a boyfriend. <laughs> right. I got I got, so I got yeah. to cram this in now. Yeah. I got to get a lot of stuff going. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't like a thing where like I wanted it. And then like, you know, after like we broke up and I was like in college, didn't want to date anybody mm-hmm. afterwards, didn't want to date anybody, didn't want to have like all that stuff and didn't start dating until I was maybe like 26. Because you were really mo- mostly focused on performing, right? Yeah, I'm like, I have other things to do. And like dealing with men just does- doesn't seem like a good use of my time. <laughs> and then when I like started like to feel like the need to like want to have, uh, I guess just like a physical yeah. relationship is just all that I wanted. Yeah. And then it wasn't until like I met like somebody where we were like doing more like date like activities versus just like hooking up or whatever that yeah. I was like, oh, this would be kind of nice. Um, yeah. And that's when I was like, maybe I do want this. You know what I mean? Sure. Not with that person in particular, but yeah. like something like this would be nice. Yeah. Sometimes you can be with someone and just have like a nice afternoon and go, well, I don't really want too much more with them. But th- this makes me think that this could work yeah. with someone else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, this seems like a lot of work, but yeah, uh, it seems like it might be worth it. And then had like one bad, uh, you know, uh, like, uh, not uh, even relationship, like month months with some person oh, yeah i know what you mean so you don't even well. want to dignify it with the the title relationship yeah because it wasn't yeah uh, <laughs> I, I i have one of those that i refer to as just i made a big mistake yeah and the other term is nightmare either for that time or that person because i don't say their name yeah uh there's another nickname but i won't you know it's no need to get into that now yeah. <laughs> it's not no it's not like dirty or anything it's just it's more uh uh, for the select few that know the yeah. particulars. <laughs> I feel like I was bamboozled is how I feel oh, in that yeah. particular instance. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I um, had that, you know, bad like instance. And then that was right before I moved back to the Bay Area yeah. to live with my parents. And then 
you know, in the I didn't want to like find anybody in my hometown because everybody that's like in my hometown would be of that hometown, and I know exactly like what that would entail. You sure. know what I mean? And you got out of that hometown for a reason. Yeah, right? I didn't want to be there for a reason. So yeah. like now it's fine. Um, obviously I don't want to meet people like you know romantically from there because you know sure. But like it was just not a priority for me, so I didn't bother. Yeah. Um, now, did you have an active hookup schedule? Like, no. No? Okay. So you weren't necessarily a very sexual with other people person. Is that fair? Um, I, I would just find somebody when I needed it. There sure. was maybe only two people or three people that I would see like multiple times. Oh, yeah. That's, but then okay. it'd be like, Ugh, uh, I don't want to <laughs> deal with like your attitude, you know? Because then after a few times, it becomes like a, you know, a thing where they're like, what are you? What's going on here? You know what I mean? And it's like, mm, I don't want to deal with that. I don't like you as a person are not important to me it's like the exertion of energy that i'm interested in you know what i mean yeah which Um, can also be a respectful thing yeah but people get confused exactly and then you're like god damn it like can't you just yeah like yeah like don't you know what this is like yeah Yeah. like right right (laughs) like no i don't want anything more for this with this right yeah yeah and i was always very like explicit about what it is that i like wanted sure because like i didn't have time i'm a very busy famous drag queen thank you very (laughs) much (laughs) I don't have time for you. Um, I'm not trying to like go out to dinner and like go to the movies. Like, it's not that you know. Yeah. Um, Well, that's the thing. You have to want to with the like. You want to be with the person. Yeah. Like you two, obviously. You know, you want to be with the person in all kinds of different settings, contexts, whatever. Yeah. When that's not there, it just ain't there. Yeah. Exactly. It could be the. It could be an event you want to go to, but it's like eh, it's nice that they're there, but. mm. Yeah, I feel like one of the biggest intuitive, um, uh, not a red flag, but one of the biggest like things that I learned to look out for is like how much of an effort does it feel like to be with that person? Yes. Because with us, like personally speaking, it feels like really effortless. Yeah. Like, you know, it's still a real relationship where it's like, yeah, we have to communicate and, you know, if we don't agree on something, we have to talk it out and come to an understanding, but it never feels like an effort to be with you. Whereas with like pretty much all of my, you know, previous partners, it's always been like there were degrees of effort and effortlessness. It wasn't just like um, black and white, but there was always more. It always at some point at least became more of an effort and felt like a drain. Yeah. And like I never feel like drained with you. It's not like you're taking. We've never had like a fight. Yeah. We've had like disagreements, but we've never like had a fight fight and i feel like people fight often which is like yeah. what i'm getting from heterosexual relationships for the most part. Um, is that like you're not supposed to actually like the person that you're with so that might be Isn't like that, our red flag it's yeah. so fucking crazy that whole yeah. thing yeah uh, again ada and i were talking about stuff like this mm-hmm. also funny now i don't know if you both identify as anything in particular uh but do you because I, I, my story has well i'll just say my thing and then we'll see yeah um because I just realized I hadn't asked, but it's not necessary, whatever. <laughs> so uh, Ada and I are both queer, and we were chuckling because we were at a dinner thing with a bunch of people we didn't know who thought they were going to shock us with like some like sex suggestions because they were very like, you know, like arty and goth and burlesque and mm. that always makes me laugh because like i know the goth scene like you know the I... goth scene is a shit show <laughs> like just i you know as a high schooler i was like oh yeah. can we and then like once you grow up you're like these people are like they're like Facebook ranters. Like that's who yes. is at the goth 
like clubs yeah they're like facebook ranters That's, it's not cool no it's so perfect facebook rant, exactly mm-hmm. yeah and i'm like uh, look uh, and all the music's cool and like i guess the clubs were cool there's one. constant drama too yeah i was like i can't believe somebody who's a friend like stabbed me in the back and it's like you're 42 david uh, like <laughs> calm down there is a lot of that vague booking yeah kind of thing like I can't, and also like, how many people do you know that you're getting stabbed in the back again? Constantly, this going constantly, on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the golf community is a shit show behind the scenes, so I get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. And then they said they were trying to like shock us, and it was like, what about me presents as like a khaki wearing like yeah. sports fan with an untucked blue button up shirt? Yeah. And a backwards baseball hat. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, then we turned the tables and like shocked them because I was like, "Oh, let's let's open up some uh, details about our sex life <laughs> <laughs> and our polyness and all that stuff." Yeah. But uh, it is funny because uh, by sight, someone could say, oh, just a straight couple. Now I don't know if either of you identify as other than straight or queer or whatever. If you'd like to say that, I came out later when we were already together because mm-hmm. i i told you i was a late bloomer so i didn't know well, I, get I just that. like yeah. defaulted to straight because i was like i guess but then like later on when <laughs> i like default settings yeah, yeah the yeah. default settings <laughs> i looked i looked at the track record and i put that together okay yeah i'm like i guess yeah that tracks but then like once i really thought about it i was like uh, i feel like i'm more pansexual yeah um than anything mm-hmm. just like it's really just about like anybody who's cool yeah no, totally. <laughs> who I like um and i didn't like really realize that or feel comfortable with that until i was like already in a relationship with you because i was just like at that point i'm like now i have like experience we're definitely monogamous so we're yeah. not like you know doing you know looking outside of our relationship but it was just like the the philosophical thought of it yeah well i mean it's like that thing you know you're if you're bi or pan yeah you're still bi or pan uh even regardless of the partner that you're with which is a a thing that a lot of people forget yeah and it's one of those confusing things like i mean for me i thought because also being a late bloomer because of having you know uh, body image issues and stuff Mm -hmm. as a a kid and uh, the attendant depression that that comes with that and every other thing that was going on right (laughs) um so even that alone, even getting into the dating thing was much later than other people. Yeah. And then um, then after a while being in a very, very, very long relationship and being a very loyal person, mm-hmm. possibly too loyal in this situation, right? Which is another trap you can fall into. Mm-hmm. But again, you learn stuff over time. Uh, then figuring out that I was queer, it was very slow boil. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's within the last five years mm-hmm. that that took uh, effect. And... It, so it's interesting. It, it can dawn on you later. Now, for me and Ada, uh, we're both poly, and that works with there's the primary and then mm-hmm. everyone else and all that stuff. And I found that tremendous fun. And for me, it was like, oh, this is like, this is perfectly uh, normal. Mm-hmm. But, they, but you don't know because, like you said, the default setting. You think, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, I'm I've been dating a woman for all this time. Mm-hmm. I there's no way I could be. And then I was like the quote unquote straight guy amongst. A ton of queer people yeah so then that be- is codified as your identity mm-hmm. that yeah. you're this oh yeah but craig is you know whatever and mm-hmm. so yeah it's funny yeah. with that is I, it just oh sorry what you saying? Uh, no. i was gonna say i feel like a lot of people didn't even think that didn't automatically put me in a straight category uh-huh. to begin with because yeah. i used to get a lot of like questions like how do you like navigate like being a straight person and like 
all these gay clubs and like queer spaces and i'm like i don't think anybody really like really knew because i wasn't dating anybody the entire time and i never talked about like boys or like anything like that yeah so i don't think like anybody even knew and then when i would like get the question like oh do you like girls or boys i'd just be like nobody i don't like anybody (laughs) (laughs) Um, but the way that i like like really came to like discover (laughs) that i was like more on the uh, bi pan like yeah. spectrum is like relating too deeply to lesbian memes mm, and where it'd sure. be like remember that girl that you hated in middle school that and then you realize that you're actually in love with her ha <laughs> and i was like yeah <laughs> wait what <laughs> and like really and then i thought about it and i'm like wait i actually had a crush on like a lot of girls when i was like a little kid yeah like definitely more than boys i had like maybe like one or two boy crushes but you know as a when you're a girl you're trained to kind of like see them as competition right so it's like i hate that girl because she's like prettier than me but it's like no i'm actually like in love with her um so then like yeah that's like what really like solidified me when i like took a deeper look instead of like ignoring it yeah and like was like wait how did i really feel and then thought about it i was like i actually just like had crushes on them and just like did it yeah, no. I think for me a similar thing was thinking about that stuff, and you think of like a a crush. For some reason, it's different f- for me with women than it is with guys. Mm-hmm. So it's just like identifying that oh, that is also a crush or uh, say an attraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it is somehow different, not uh, on a different scale or anything like that, but just different. Yeah, and then be like, oh, right, that this and you know all those things click into place. Yeah, yeah. And, and how about you, Mister Crumb? Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like. It is kind of like I can understand why so many people are like late bloomer in that respect because you often don't really know how to articulate that that kind of identification within yourself when you don't know there's like a word for it or a term for it. Sure. Right. So, yeah, for myself, I would say if I had to pick like an identity, I would say probably gender nonconforming or agender, I guess. Yeah. But it's always felt kind of funny to me because I didn't it felt like maybe weird or kind of like, um, like, I don't know what the word is like, uh, was it like permissive to like, I didn't necessarily see myself as like, um, what's the word? Like, um, non-binary, non-binary or uh-huh. yeah, something like that. Yeah. And, but it's also like a catch 22 because I've, if I had to pick one, I might say a gender, but the same part of me that might identify as a gender doesn't necessarily want to vocalize it like in just like normal, like everyday settings. Sure. Like in terms of all that stuff. So it's kind of like, um, but something that never occurred to me until like within like the past couple of years, probably, because I remember being like, you know, a kid in middle school. And the, the worst thing that can happen is to have someone question, like, your masculinity or your straightness. Yeah. And, like, I don't even know if I necessarily identify as, like, queer. But I remember, you know, I remember being more or less, like, you know, straight. But being, like, so terrified if someone was, like, oh, you're gay. Like, yeah. and that kind of thing. And it yeah. felt like the end of the world. And, like, you didn't necessarily know why it was... Uh, weaponized like that yeah. but you know that it was yeah and so you know you move past that and i was never like a boy's boy i was never like you know into sports mm-hmm. into that kind of stuff you know i like i love like you know you know like poetry and like floral prints and stuff that yeah. like boys aren't supposed to be into straight boys aren't supposed to be into and so it was always very confusing to me it's like wait i'm not like what they say i'm supposed to be and so like the more i kind of explored that the more like 
the less I would like um, invest in like um, I guess like labels or like yeah. how I identified felt like more of a strain to to like choose a specific one, and I don't want to like um, I'm not like uh, to say that I don't mean to delegitimize when people f- really do identify with a gender yeah um whatever it, it might be but like for me personally it like didn't like resonate or make sense to do that i guess yeah um oh, I, know what you mean. I, be, I sometimes think similar yeah. things as well yeah uh because i i think of myself just as a guy right mm-hmm. uh but there's a lot of aspects sometimes say even like to sex play or something like mm-hmm. that that involve gender play and mm. all that and i'm which i'm fully you know off a with and and down with and have no reservations about but i, I don't and it could be my age as well because i'm mm. 46 so possibly to me the the conception of what a guy is right mm. uh is just uh, allows for this other definition that maybe someone else maybe someone 21 mm. uh would interpret as something different which is again not to invalidate yeah, mm-hmm. either one but it's just i'm not you know what i mean like yeah, i yeah. i don't know i don't know maybe in a couple of years maybe i would feel a different mm-hmm. way of uh terming myself or identifying yeah. um but then again the queer realization was only a few years ago so and then exploring all the stuff is great too because of many things like you said similar things where uh, and especially growing up in the 80s the word mm-hmm. fag was all the time a gym teacher once asked me in front of an assembly if like what's the matter mcneil you a fag so you know and you get this feeling about this and so mm. then when uh again your your identity identity is codified as this one thing that's yeah. the exception to the group that you're with and all this stuff mm. everything feels a little bit scary yeah in a way of of like well that 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 can't be me because i'm not yeah that and how could that be yeah. you know that kind and, of thing and because they're also narrowly defined like in mainstream culture yeah. It's like you're only allowed to like X amount of things and you have to actually dislike X amount of things if you are this. Yeah. And so it's very it's very confusing because it's not natural. Mm-hmm. It's right. Like, no, it's not. And, the and you know, like very conservative people are always they say that, you know, to stray from those definitions is unnatural. But how natural is it when you have to constantly reinforce it? <laughs> so much effort and <laughs> yeah. so much like cultural like um uh, like pressure. cachet and yeah. pressure is put into reinforcing it and it's mm-hmm. it's like you know trying to make a river change its course it, it's like you know it's it's wild but um that's yeah. definitely one of the things that like why it was so easy for us I, because yeah. you're not like a stereotypical like man because i I hate man. Like, <laughs> I say this all the time. And I tell you, and you're yeah. not offended by it because you no. should because you know i'm not talking about you <laughs> but i just like hate men they're just like the worst you know what i mean yeah well after and like starting to like have hookups and stuff with guys i was mm-hmm. like i said to a couple lady friends of mine i was like i get it now like yeah. the whole mm-hmm. thing like i i always kind of, i got it anyway but mm-hmm. like especially after like a non-reciprocal jerk uh in mm-hmm. a in a hookup situation i was mm-hmm. like whoa i was like and i was like look i know ladies like i would say to my friends i was like i know i get it like it's obvious but i'm just like when you actually experience that kind of stuff like and i'm just talking about like a a thimbleful yeah. you know, i'm like mm. god wow yeah, yeah say it all you want say hate men men are terrible i get that yeah yeah it's like when men that you're hooking up with are like yeah you came right and i'm like <laughs> you gotta be kidding me <laughs> in a perfect world like where uh masculinity wasn't so narrowly defined you know, you want to need hashtags like not all men. And mm-hmm. like maybe I would even 
identify like as like more like oh yeah i'm i'm a man but it just feels like when you're so embarrassed by being associated with that one thing <laughs> and then you're like wait it's like i know it doesn't have to be narrowly defined it's whatever you want it to be yeah so you could say like yeah i'm a man and but i'm not like the way um men are according to these cultural values and these sets mm-hmm. of values i'm actually more like you know i i have more of a mature masculinity and all these things um but it's just like i guess at the end of the day you just have to decide what def- definitions ring true for you i guess no i agree yeah. with you because that's why i again say like oh, well, i'm a guy or a man mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. but yet take no offense uh like when you someone says i hate men like yeah. chrissy mm-hmm. chapeca you know we're friends i love every time she posts stuff that just rips yeah. guys to pieces mm-hmm. because all that behavior is disgusting yeah and all of the slut shaming and mm-hmm. the uh withering mm-hmm. horrible unnecessary uh invective that goes from guys to mm-hmm. women about everything i mean you know like the yeah uh, if you're wearing a t-shirt of a band oh yeah do you, do you really know that band like mm-hmm. all all that shit mm-hmm. mansplaining i just fucking hate it it makes yeah. my fucking puts my teeth on edge mm-hmm. whenever i hear it or i'm like nearby it but i didn't mean to I cut you off before like, so created my entire life as a way to avoid having to interact with straight men so i yeah that's like yeah mostly why yeah yeah that's definitely probably why we connected because you're not like adverse to like wearing like a woman's blouse or like Mm -hmm. sweaters having your nails painted you've asked Mm -hmm. me to like put eyeliner on you like when we go out like you're not like you know yeah and you don't watch sports which is very important because (laughs) No, <laughs> but we do have a friend who's um, a gay man who loves basketball, which is it boggles my mind. Like his Twitter looks like a straight guy. He'd be like, "Curry missed that shot on this. I can't believe this is happening." And I'm like, "You?" <laughs> but again, it's like it's very confusing, but it's also like kind of cool in a confusing way because yeah. it just yeah. is like, it's like you can't narrowly you- define anyone. Like it doesn't really makes sense exactly but yeah yeah and it's good to be reminded of that too right because yeah. sometimes we no matter who you are uh, the mm-hmm. most uh um uh, not woke because that word is so tangled up in nonsense now mm. yeah but the most uh, uh consciously aware person mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. still always uh fall into a thing where they're like oh but you can't like that or yeah. this can't be yeah. and so it's nice to be reminded of that stuff all the time it's constant yeah. work for sure yeah, yeah. and it, i think it's yeah. like ever changing and even faster now way so faster, it's yeah. like you know yeah. It can be something different tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's like everything is for everyone. But like it is tough when like personally speaking, like I'm very like masculine presenting, you know, I, like a lot of days I just look like a lumberjack. And so it's kind of <laughs> like I it took me a while to to feel comfortable saying like, OK, maybe I'm a gender or whatever it might be. Sure. Because I was like, oh, but do I have to look androgynous to be this way? And so there's like there's so many like walls to break down, I feel like, on your mm-hmm. journey to figuring out who you most identify to yeah. be, to yeah. identify yourself to be. I think that is. like it's like a huge problem too with like um like AFAB non binary mm-hmm. people who like constantly have like their identity questioned because they present femme. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. they are AFAB, so like yeah, it's kind of like that situation where it's like, no, you're not because you're wearing a skirt and you look like a girl. And they're like, um, yeah, like the, the gatekeeping within yeah. sectors that should know a bit about gatekeeping. Exactly, and how it's difficult. You would think it's like, I mean, going into like the whole 
doing drag as a woman thing like yeah. you'd be surprised i guess people wouldn't be surprised anymore because it's like a thing now yeah um, but well people but really some people i'm oh, sorry go ahead oh go ahead no no what did you say because i stepped on it oh uh, i said that people really understand and i just that was it <laughs> yeah okay so the people really did understand yeah you doing drag as a woman which is a concept that some people aren't as familiar with because they only know drag from drag race yeah well in san francisco when i started doing drag it's really it was common like women yeah. have been doing drag in san francisco for decades like yeah. the cockats like sure yeah like that's like since the 60s right. like women have been doing drag and like so i obviously like met no opposition because there are so many women already in the scene when i came about but i was like kind of just like a club kid when i started and then performed like later on um and like yeah no opposition met with open arms able to do any party like all that stuff yeah um so it was like really great but then like as i became i guess more known or like more popular online i would constantly get the questions of like people outside of like california like i mean outside of san francisco because like la was like this too where they'd be like how do you deal with like not getting gigs or, like people yelling at you for like doing drag because you're a woman and saying that you're not allowed to and i'm like i literally cannot help you because i have never had that experience yeah like nobody has ever told me that like i was met with like open arms in my community i have never like experienced that kind of stuff and i think like over time, I became like that person because once I started getting more popular online, that's when I would get the criticism. Right, it would right. come from people outside of like, you know, my immediate like drag and infamously, community. infamously, where's the transformation? Sis, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Which like shout out to that kid because like I've made serious money off of you. <laughs> which I love. I, that's so good. I mean, like a lot of the times, like what they say is so funny. And I like that was like one of the things where I was like, this is actually kind of hilarious. So I like left yeah. it be. But then he started getting into like fights with like people in the comments and I had to ban him. Uh, but it was like really, really funny that like I posted a picture of me in like drag, just a different type of drag. And he thought that was like me on the regular day. It was just like really <laughs> odd because I was like wearing like anime contacts and like bigger lashes and like my nose had like a line through the middle of it. It just, I was just flush toned. That yeah, that's just it. your going to the supermarket look, right? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Uh, in comparison <laughs> and yeah so that's when like i really started getting like a lot of comments but by then i was so emboldened by the fact that i have done drag in san francisco and i already do shows and i'm already a performer and i'm already being paid that yeah. like it didn't really like affect me as much um and then as i became like you know grew in like popularity online that's when like you know um people like trixie came out and were like posting pictures of me and were like oh i love your drag like blah blah yeah and like all these like rude girls and people that people on the outside saw as more valid mm. were um posting me and saying like she's an amazing artist she's such a great drag queen that's when people you know really accepted it and it's obviously sad that it took like yeah. people like from drag race mm. for them to be like oh she's a real drag queen because trixie said so yeah, trixie said so so we have to change what we thought <laughs> yeah trixie yeah. said so um sasha says that she's a drag queen so like sasha hired her like okay like <laughs> yeah, exactly. i guess she's a drag queen now but then like i would see like the same people that would like kiss my ass in comments like turn around and comment on another like uh afab uh, woman drag queen's post and be like you can't do drag like you're not allowed to do this and it's like you just were like kissing my ass in my comment section yeah because a person that was like somebody that you look up to said that they liked me too and then you turned around to somebody exactly like me and then said this stuff so those are those are your real feelings right. like so right. it, it was like a really big like 
interesting learning curve sort of situation yeah. where it's like um i getting this popularity because people said that i'm good and mm-hmm. people believe them you know what i mean i know i know because it, it then beggars the question like do these people have the ability to discern what mm-hmm. they like mm-hmm. if yeah. they're not told and yeah. the truth is like for the average drag race fan a lot of them don't they can't discern whether or not yeah. they actually like something until somebody tells them they do or they don't and this is like um you know not every person on you know oh, of course, drag not. Race, of course. No, not to no. generalize so don't no, get offended no, 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 in the no. comments no. we love but, drag you know, race like, fans and uh, drag race the rabid the rabid well the yeah. rabid extremist fans for anything mm-hmm. but you know because this is what mm-hmm. we see all the time it's mm-hmm. the thing i mean you see some like god awful things posted and you're like why yeah how do you spend like, why do you yeah. spend TV your time show. doing that like yeah, yeah yeah right the tv show aspect and then even i noticed in the, and maybe it's just like my awareness is more in the last year and a half but mm-hmm. i have also noticed that it's gotten to the point where many queens are mm-hmm. posting things about competitions they're not even involved in mm-hmm. yeah but they're like hey everyone like it's getting out of control yeah. Or like yeah. leave fill in the blank alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Yeah. And yeah. is it is it like the crazy posting is getting more or is the awareness of it getting more? Mm-hmm. It's hard to say. You know, probably like the crazy posting. I, that's what I feel because the yeah. show's popularity in the mainstream has increased so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that I think that is a huge factor of it, but it's it's just gotten like out of control, and it's really hard. Like as a drag queen that you know hasn't been on drag race that like constantly like because i do have like a pretty like significant following for somebody that has not been on the show yeah um and doesn't like actively have like like a youtube series or things like that um it in like the real like drag world as somebody that hasn't had those opportunities i have a pretty significant following but a lot of the trouble that comes with that is people being like when are you gonna audition for the show can't wait for you to be on drag race can't wait for you to do this and it's like please support me now while i'm doing stuff yeah and whether or not i decide i ever want to be a part of that situation shouldn't have any effect on whether or not you like my work and it's also not the ultimate goal of everyone yeah it's not sure sure it it doesn't have to be and it was mine for a little bit and now it's not so Mm -hmm. like priorities change you know for a long time like your goals and like what you see for yourself as an artist and it's just like really interesting to have people like you know they wait to support you until you've been verified by a reality (laughs) tv show so it's like buy my t-shirt now like don't wait until like i've been casted on something to say that you've been a supporter of mine for years when you've never bought my merch Mm -hmm. you don't comment on my photos like you don't like show support in any other way except like that you follow me and you've been waiting for me to get on drag race and comment audition for season whatever every once in a while on my profile like that's not like real support like right. if you enjoy me as an artist it shouldn't matter whether or not i've been on a tv show right and there's a strange thing where people are too r- eager to be supporters of corporate entities exactly you know and not and, and i don't mean the queens at all you know but you know what i mean like you don't want to like it because it's not on a tv show or you don't like it because it's not on the top 40 that you hear at the one gay bar mm-hmm. that you go to because and then turning it around and acting as if you're hip or their hip because yeah. they only know the thing that's been heavily marketed to them. Yeah. yeah. And that's very disturbing to me yeah. in terms of uh, you know any kind of alternative culture. And I always think of queer culture as generally the most and consistently alternative culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really like 
very interesting to have those comments like yeah. constantly thrown at you like yeah. it's literally like every day does it I don't get mean, to you like, sometimes i mean I, I can tell oh that yeah. you have a very strong uh support system a- internally and with mr krem but also you're you're very quick to be like that's their craziness not my craziness mm-hmm. but you were saying it does get to you sometimes yeah sometimes i'm like well just support me now or like you know like what does it matter if i've been on a tv show yeah and like sometimes i can get like about because i'm very like a fi- i'm a very fiery fiery personality and i think and i just can't keep it in like i (laughs) told you like uh, for me if i feel a certain way it eats me up until i say it which is probably like 10 seconds before i blurt it out (laughs) 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 so i can't have moments where i'm like shut the fuck up and just like either like me or unfollow me like don't like wait for me to like have some level of success that i'm not Mm -hmm. even like interested in obtaining for you to like support me and act like i need you because i don't right like you know that kind of like situation but then like sometimes i'll just like i'll i've been like finding like nicer ways to say it because like i know that some people don't always like mean it in that way because literally all they know is drag race Mm -hmm. so they think every drag queen wants to be on the show and they think that our measure of success is that when it's not right it's like for me success is doing art and living a life that's comfortable where i have everything that i need and honestly that's like pretty much what i'm doing now i have so many like amazing opportunities um i still get my like brand deals that like pay me a shit ton of money yeah to like post about something and i only take it from things that like i actually like and use <laughs> which is another great which thing about having thing, the job which is another thing about having the job i don't yeah. have to take everything that's handed to me whereas like i see even some queens like now from drag race like advertising some things that are uh, unsafe or un that i would never what's that shit my pants tea that a lot of reality people Oh, the uh, detox tea one. Something there's there's yeah. a couple different yeah. names for it. It's like you're just gonna have a rough time. My in the thing is like banking systems and financial institutions. Oh, I will right. never. I NFTs. will never. NFTs. <laughs> I will never. You could like, if I ever do this, which I I'm sure I never will, but you can bring this back. I will never ever ever advertise banking, yeah. credit cards, um, any of that shit. Delayed too. credit things that I don't want to say the name of. Uh, mm. Yeah. 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 rhymes with shawarma <laughs> <laughs> yeah those kinds of things um i wouldn't ever you know nfts any of that yeah. like uh bitcoin like all that bullshit never ever ever because i know that my audience is like younger on the younger side and impressionable yeah i would never you can't pay me enough money to like advertise a credit card to them knowing sure. full well that they could like send them into a spiral debt like yeah <laughs> crocs yeah spires will bear crocs like whatever it is you know like uh there's levels coffee of capitalism. creamer sure no, <laughs> yeah there, i there, love coffee there creamer. are there are levels of capitalism yeah there yeah. are we have to engage in some level right yeah but it's really up to you which level yeah and that's the other funny thing too because some people like to be like oh someone sold out or they're the, this yeah. that and the other thing but at the same time, worship someone who is like, 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 say a, a Gaga or something like that, who's yeah. like at the top of the profession, top mm-hmm. of the earning mm-hmm. scale, mm-hmm. but then have these weird rules for other performers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really like, hey, whatever anyone decides, that's their decision and it's their business. Yeah. 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 I think the only, um, yeah, I just won't, I won't do it. They're, they can't pay me enough money to like advertise stuff that I don't like. There was and some, like, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was no, going to so. say also in terms of like things that I like promote or like get paid to promote, I always ensure that I actually like the thing and yeah. that I get sent the thing to try out before I actually agree to do it. That's really yeah. important too. And thus concludes part one of my chat with the fabulous Creme and Mr. Fital. 
The entirety of this chat has been available up on Patreon for a while, so if you would like uncut early and ad-free editions of these episodes, head on over to patreon.com slash craigandfriends. You'll find other delights there, so check out which reward tier works right for you, support the show, and get a whole bunch of stuff. Till next time, love you and talk to you soon.